Hello, beautiful people. It is Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022, and NFL football is two days away. This sports show begins now. Here we go, out of baby. Out of baby, out of baby, here we go. We have some breaking news. Whoa. Out of the NFL world. Yesterday, what did we learn? Oh, we learned a punishment from Judge Shu Robinson in the NFL down on Deshaun Watson. He'll be suspended six games unless the NFL appeals it. And Roger Goodell baby faces and comes in and says, we appreciate you, Judge Shu Robinson, for your voluminous amount of work that you did and the thousands of pages of research you wanted to do. But I'm actually going to say it because I am the Supreme Court in this situation, just like I was before the CBA even brought you into this whole process. I'm going to add four more games on her. He's suspended for 10 games. Then Deshaun Watson's team potentially sues the NFL for wrongful whatever, and then that goes to court, and that suspension is potentially delayed. But that also potentially opens up discovery, which would mean we'd learn a lot about a a lot of things so would deshaun watson's people want to sue the nfl for appealing the six game rule whatever yeah. that was yesterday yeah. right that was yesterday punishment yesterday there's a new punishment today wow. what there's a new punishment in time really the new punishment in the time of the nfl is that miami dolphins owner mm. steven ross has broken multiple rules. Whoa. We've heard about the Miami Dolphins organization potentially being accused of doing some wrongful things. A, maybe paying Brian Flores $100,000 to lose games because Brian Flores came out and said that was the case. This is what was happening while I was there. I was pulling quarterbacks. I was putting quarterbacks in with two minutes left in the game. I was trying my goddamn best, but they were telling me, we lose more games, we get better draft position, we'll give you $100,000 per. How about that? In-game, incentive bonus, $100,000. You lose 10 games, Brian Flores? Guess what? million fucking dollars. Oh. That's what Brian Flores alleged. Mm -hmm. Stephen Ross and Miami Dolphins said, that ain't true. Hey, we didn't do that. Mm -hmm. That is not real at all. Because that would mean that we're jeopardizing the integrity of the NFL because then we would have teams potentially not trying. And that's not how the NFL operates, no. No. especially with sports gambling. That would jeopardize everything if there's potentially an owner telling their coach, that's ludicrous, is what Stephen Ross said. Yeah. Well, the investigation that the NFL held has come back with an answer, and the answer is that Stephen Ross might have said, like, hey, our draft position isn't great. <laughs> yeah, we could get better. But nobody could confirm that there was an incentive base and that he was serious. It seems like everybody said that he was saying it in jest. So Brian hmm. Flores saying that he was getting paid for it. The NFL in their investigation was not able to find any documents. If we read the memo that came out actually two minutes before this show started. Right. right. Count, so although he <laughs> said it in jest, and it might have been mentioned to people around the building about their draft position because they weren't going to win a Super Bowl. The NFL was alleging that there was no incentive-based actual, hey, we need to fucking lose so we can get better. So the integrity of the game, the NFL says, in this particular situation, still intact. Now, the other thing they were getting investigated for was tampering. Uh -oh. That tampering was, was of Tom Brady, who we learned very quickly out of his retirement that he was potentially going to be owner, yeah. player, coach mm -hmm. for... <laughs> The Miami Dolphins, just like Jackie fucking Moon. Yeah. And just like Jackie said, get the funk out of my face. 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 If you don't like my music, you don't have to use it. Funkin' in the 
Jackie Moon, obviously great at music. I don't know if Tom Brady is, but Tom is going to become Jackie Moon of the NFL. And we had heard about this after he retired out of nowhere. It was like, holy shit. Then there was another name involved, Sean Payton. He retired yeah. out of nowhere. Gave a 45-minute press conference. We learned nothing. It was like, oh, Sean Payton also supposed to be head coach and owner of the Miami Dolphins. Like, holy shit. Brian Flores told, it that, uh, told us that there was allegedly going to be a meeting on a yacht, Stephen Ross's yacht, with Tom Brady. Brian Flores didn't want to do that because that would be tampering. That would be illegal. And he had uh, the utmost respect for the New England Patriots and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The NFL has investigated these charges that maybe Stephen Ross was trying to bait players away from uh, the teams that they're in and coaches from another team that they are contractually obligated to work for to become owners. And the NFL said, yeah, these motherfuckers did do that. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, the NFL Ooh. said they, they, they certainly did. The Miami Dolphins, Stephen Ross, operating through a man named Bruce Beal, who we just learned about, as Mr. Beal in the report. Mm -hmm. He was the successor, I guess, to be owner of the Miami Dolphins, current mm -hmm. vice president. Yes. I guess he was the one conducting the conversations with Tom Brady when he was a New England Patriot he in was. 2019. Oh. They said it started in August. That's right fucking now. Whoa. Those conversations started in training camp whenever he was with the New England Patriots for his last season. Allegedly, Bruce Beal and he were chit-chatting about potentially getting involved with the Miami Dolphins, a division rival mm -hmm. at the time, and maybe some ownership. And Bruce Beal would keep Stephen Ross updated on how those conversations would go all the way through the season. Then into whenever he was even with Tampa Bay, all the way to the offseason afterwards. So he was contractually um, employee of two teams when Stephen Ross and the Miami Dolphins were reaching out to Tom Brady about potentially becoming an owner and a player for the Miami Dolphins, Scum which we all can assume led to the retirement out of nowhere in which he thought that was going to happen. Then they found out it was illegal because they were currently tampering. Huh. Did the same thing with Sean Payton. I guess that conversation didn't start till later. Post-2021, I believe is what the investigation said. So now the Dolphins have been punished um they lose a first round draft pick next year a future third round draft pick mm. uh 1.5 million dollar fine for stephen ross and a six game suspension for stephen ross he can't show his fucking face in his suite down there at that stadium God that's damn right okay so this is interesting this is fascinating because this follows up the rumors that Dan Snyder had been hiding money from yeah. other owners. Mm -hmm. So NFL owners, for those that don't know and you haven't paid attention to NFL business, NFL owners vote 31 to nothing on basically everything. Or 30 to 1, and the 1 is the Chicago Bears folks who don't even participate in the meetings. Burn they up. fall asleep like LaRusa did during that fucking <laughs> baseball right, game. Sure. That's right. Be careful, players. Okay? Now, I, I think you guys are just... Too lazy to read. Checked the, out. Don't yeah, care. whatever's going on. The owners are always a tight-knit group. Always. Always on the same side. That is how they have become the strongest uh, league in the world. The most popular. The really TV dominated. I mean, they yeah. just crush yeah. everything. And they've always been on the same page. I'm sure there's a lot of disagreements. But publicly, they have never come to light. So with Dan Snyder potentially, you know, uh, shell gaming money away from the owners. And now Stephen Ross... Technically fucking over three groups of ownership here, oh, yeah. trying to get their employees. Is there a little bit of a riff? Is there a little bit of a split? And is this enough of a punishment for um, Stephen Ross and the Miami Dolphins? I don't think it's going to change much. A first-round pick obviously being taken away mm -hmm. is uh, not good for the future of your program. But if they want to bundle something, they can get another one. I mean, it's just mm – -hmm. that's not really anything. $1.5 Stephen Ross – 
you know, he had that F1 race down there in Miami. That's right. Yeah, I think he made 1.5 million. They said like every 14 seconds. Yeah, or so. yeah. Right didn't away. he make more with the F1 than he did for like Any an entire the whole thing. season's worth of games? Yeah, so 1.5 million. I mean, stern. Yeah, sure. stern. He'll stomach it. That's real stern. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he'll be able to. And then six game suspension. He's gonna have to watch from his mates. Oh, uh, right. right. No. They got a home opener. Him and what? Him and now. To be clear, I don't think fans give a single fuck about this. This feels like this is high-level beef sure. that's happening. This is ownership of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The family's name is the... Glazers. The Glazers. And then it's also uh, the Kraft family. Yep. And then the owner of the Saints, which is the... Oh, oh lady. Wow. She's a la- it's a, Yeah, it's a lady. She's. I see her face. She's a saint. She is a saint. Well, she also owns the Pelicans. Gail Benson. Ah. Benson. The Boom. Benson family. Is. So they're obviously not thrilled with Stephen Ross. This seems like more of a them thing. It's his money, him not being able to go to his stadium, and the first-round pick, problematic for the future of the team. It definitely hurts the team on the field. Future third-round pick for sure. But with the way trades are happening now, with some teams not giving a single fuck about any draft picks, if the Miami Dolphins really want to get back in the first round, they'll be able to do so. If they want to get back in the third round, they'll be able to do so. They actually uh, still have a first-round pick in 2023 draft from their trade with the Niners, so they lost one of the two. Okay, so Mm -hmm. just like we said, nobody's going to give a fuck about this. (laughs) No. Uh, That is breaking news, I guess, out of the NFL, so I'm happy we got to cover it. The talk's table is here at Ty Schmidt at Boston Connor. One day into a world in which we know that Massachusetts will have legalized Fandle. Awesome. Uh, I see you still have the Guardian cap on your helmet. There's clips hitting the internet right now, Connor, from practices and training camps and highlights and Uh we're two days away from a goddamn game. How many days till the regular season kicks off? Uh, 37 days. How pumped are you? Yeah, very juiced. There's just like a renewed energy in the air. Even when we come in here, you know, it's like, wow. Football really is around the corner, and just the thought of you know placing those bets on that first uh, Sunday. How about Thursday? We already got Thursday. Out. There's already a line out for oh, Hall of Fame game yeah. on Thursday. Exactly. Yeah, and you know I'll probably end up betting the under just because that's what I did last year, and it worked because the game is oh, so you, bad. You figured it out. Well, I don't think I figured it out. I think it's been pretty known. No, that, you figured out sports gambling. Yeah, oh, figured figured it out. That's a good bet. Well, no, I, I figured out sports gambling during the regular season. I have a foolproof plan that you know if you continue to dump money and eventually you will end up in the green. So I feel good about that as well. Smart. But, that, I want to let you know that is not accurate. Though. Well, no. no, it's pretty foolproof. I mean, there's a chance I'll be able to guess every single winner this entire year for uh, all 18 I like weeks. Patriots. I like the Patriots. <laughs> yep. I like, I like the, the Patriots. Patriots. Yep. I think I like the Patriots. Uh-huh. Who, what did Raph say? You were the worst gambler in, uh, in the office? Oh, yeah, by a lot. Yeah, because you just bet on... Only bet on Boston. <laughs> and I do not care. Half the time when I don't bet on them is when they win, too. Which All right, is well, let's let's talk about the, the Hall of Fame game betting real quick. And Atone Diggs obviously won half of the hammer. Damn! Cowboys is very excited to get football back into the gambling world, yeah, yeah, even yeah. if it is um, kind of a combine all-star game of sorts, the Hall of Fame game, where two teams of players that probably... Probably playing the XFL. Maybe a couple guys will get another shot at the NFL at some point. You know, you're kind of getting a chance to watch like um, a senior bowl here or like uh, NFL PA bowl or whatever. The Hall of Fame game is not a game that people should be gambling on. No. Uh, But if you host a gambling show uh every single day, Probably a welcomed addition. Yeah. We don't have a fucking clue who's playing. We know Trevor Lawrence and ETN aren't playing. Right. Derek Carr and Crosby definitely not playing. Devontae Adams definitely not playing. Waller. You can just basically go through. We have no idea who any of these humans are, right? So how are, how do we even get a good grasp? Yeah, that on doesn't it? matter. I'm going to bet the board either way. The total did drop, by the way, from 32 and a half down to 30 now, Jesus. I believe. That was on the back uh-huh. of the news that Lawrence won't play. 
the backup quarterback for the Jaguars, C.J. Beathard, won't play. So what? I like to look at the quarterbacks. So we know their, their top two guys aren't playing there. So we're going to get Jake Luton for the Jaguars. Luton. And then Kyle Slaughter, who's actually a USFL guy this year. Uh, wasn't great in the USFL. So, you know, I think that's why the line also moved. It was uh, minus one and a half Jags yesterday. It's plus one and a half Jags today. So there's been some oh, there. Yeah. Here's what you have to look at, too. What's that uh, fellas cheering? Edge. Yeah. Nope. Johnny. John, John Sheeran. Ed Sheeran also. Ed Sheeran. Also a guy. Oh, yeah. He is a Sheeran. Yeah. And he's English. This is what Kinda. I'm looking at. Stidham. He's Irish, right? Connor's ex-favorite Fairly quarterback, Jared Stidham. Um, <laughs> Stidham. Patriot, great. Stidham. Dog. Went from the Patriots. Hold on, hold on. Please, to please just one second. You thought that yeah. guy, Do you remember? Yeah, You were cutting promos. Oh, yeah. I, I think in our old studio. Oh, yeah. yeah. About Jared Stodham mm-hmm. taking over for Tom. No problem. Yeah, yeah. easily. Right. Hoping Stodham gets a start because guess what? He followed McDaniels over from Patriots. So oh, he already knows. Daniels he knows the offense. He's a dog. And then you got Nick Mullins, who's the backup to Stidham. He's a dog in this league. He's got wins in this league. Yeah. So I am leaning towards the Raiders. Strictly, that's how I'm betting this is strictly based off the quarterbacks. That's it. Here we go. Mm-hmm. A conversation that I've been looking forward to. Diggs, great breakdown. Baby. Thank you. I think we're going to make money Maybe. Uh, off of this game. I hope so. I mean, we're going to bet. And this really sets the tone for the rest of the season. Okay? It does. This is either a, oh, we get lucky and hit one, mm-hmm. or a, uh, is this how the year's going to go? Right. Are we going to be two yards away from a Joey Burrow scramble oh. from a $40 million oh, hit against Fandor in the Super Bowl? Unbelievable. Is that what we're going to do? Or is that going to go our way this year? That's what we're learning we'll on Our way. Tone, I can't wait to take all the things that you just said and put into action to propel us into a good luck, into good faith, into a hell of a season taking all of Fandor's money. Hell yeah. Now let's pivot to talking about money. A man who has to manage money. A man who has been putting on an absolute clinic with the rules that are placed before him on how you build and construct a roster in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, the salary cap guru for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the team who's been able to hire and pay every single all-star you've ever heard of for the last three years. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Greenberg. What's up, dude? Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Hey, what should I call you? Mike Greeny, Mr. Greenberg, big brain guy? <laughs> whatever whatever works for you. All right, Greeny. Ah, that's the other Mike. Guy. <laughs> big, big brain big Mike, guy. Big, big Mike? Mike? Big brain Mike. Yeah, big brain big Mike. Big brain Mike. Yeah. Big brain Mike, do you think that what we just said is an accurate assessment? Do you think you have a bigger brain than everybody else? Like, when you started doing what you were doing with the salary cap, and I think it was explained to us by Andrew Brandt, former executive of the Green Bay Packers, it's a cash-over-cap thing that has been introduced into the modern uh, roster construction where some teams have been able to take advantage of it and some teams haven't. Is it just you sit down every day and have to go through the rules, see what you can do, what you can't do? Did a light bulb switch one day where it was like, damn, we can pull this off we can pull that off and how long have you been a salary cap guru into figuring this out was it like as soon as you sat down you're like how come we haven't just been doing this the entire time if any of that a lot of questions but i think they all lead into each other i think big big brain mike i think (laughs) i appreciate it uh first surround you know surround myself with uh, really intelligent people we have uh our director of football research here jackie davidson who's just a brilliant, brilliant mind. So we work together hand in hand um, on, on, on all the salary cap and contract stuff. And uh, I think 
kind of what we have, there's a few factors that I think really went into what we were able to do this year. And um, one, when you look back 2010, 11, 12, uh, when you know, 2011 CBA came out, we were a team that always really uh, spent cash to cap. I never really prorated money forward. And the thinking was, well, one, honestly, we just didn't have the people to pay at the time. We weren't a very good team. But uh, we knew that at some point we're going to get there and we're going to need the flexibility. So when you don't push money forward in all those years, we were able to move some cap room over. And then when a guy gets released, you, you don't face all those big dead cap charges. So we had the flexibility going into this that stemmed from several years. And then a second factor is you need you need really good players. And specifically, you need some young rookies that are contributing um, because you got guy you, know, you can't pay all the veterans. But when you got guys like um, Tristan Wirfs and Devin White and um, you know Winfield that are still in their rookie deals, it gives you a lot of flexibility to go out and pay some of these veterans. So it's a credit to our personnel staff, and I think we have best general manager and personnel staff and John Spitek and Rob McCartney, Mike Beal. They've drafted phenomenal, and that's really helped us our flexibility being able to bring some veterans in because when you have some of these rookies that are really making impacts and pro bowl players, you can go after some of these veterans. But the biggest thing is, is you need the cash, you need the money. And uh, I think the Glazers have made no bones about it that they recognize we have a good team. They recognize that Tom Brady has, you know, a limited window here and they're going for it. And they've uh, given us the ability to, uh, spend and from a salary cap person standpoint, it's, it's a dream. You know, you just going out there and just trying to making it work. And so you need kind of all those factors. So I don't want to take all the credit. I'll take I'll take the credit. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, the credit. yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's something that um, as an organization we've been able to do because of, because of all that. I think I gave you the credit. You gave yourself none of it there. So maybe, Doran, we should go back all the times so we've given him credit uh-huh. <laughs> and edit in just for let the record show that. It's actually like 45 other people. Yeah, yeah. 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 and then I'll still take the credit. Don't no, no, wrong. Big Brain Mike doesn't do shit. You know, Jackie. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Exactly. I, I talked other... to a few of my, the cap people around the league, and we just appreciate that us cap nerds are finally getting some recognition because no one ever wants to talk about the spreadsheet guys. Okay, Big Brain Mike, so though, it's a big it. deal. This is a massive <laughs> deal, especially with the way like some position groups are normally rather expensive. In in the NFL season, especially now with the 17th game added, people are going to get hurt in big-time positions. And the ability to have depth at a high level, it doesn't matter till it shows up, right? And when it shows up, yep. everybody's like, that's why they have five guys at that position that are at the top because when inevitably something happens, you're able to plug in place. And the teams that have been winning lately have had great depth at skill position, which by the way, costs money. So if you can figure out how to pay these people to keep them on your roster, that's a weapon. So we got massive respect for you and the other nerds around the league that are doing what they do. Now, um, can I ask you about you saying for all those years where you guys didn't do it, you were able to kind of make room. When they say and there's some people that don't like this and granted I think the cash over cap situation with the Glazer family being like all in is the biggest separator but a lot of people yep. say if you kick the can down the road you kick the can down the road it's going to get you inevitably when, what are they talking about with that and how do you prepare around that what does that even mean so eventually you know you do put these void years in and eventually you're paying uh, a guy like Tom Brady uh, the money that you pushed out and he's no, once he retires, eventually you have a big cap charge for a guy that's no longer on the roster. So if the cap is $208 million and let's say he makes up $30 million worth of cap charges and no, no longer on the roster, 
that's what they're saying. It starts to kind of eat, eat up the cap room you have and uh, you can continuously try and push it, but eventually it's going to catch up to you and you're going to have to reset a little bit. Uh, the key to me to trying to get your way out of that is just to continuously it's draft well. It's, it's if you draft well and continue to bring in uh, young talent that are on rookie deals, you can really start to climb your way out of it a bit. So that that's really the, the key to, to, to doing what we did and, and being able to get out of it. What do you think? So it's just a one-year thing? Do you think it set you back multiple years? And when did the voided years thing come into play? Has it always been legal and we've just seen more of it lately? Or is it just added with the new CBA? No, it's, it's always been something you can do. I think it got a lot of attention last year because for the first time in a long time, the cap actually went down because of COVID. So teams, you know, when we were going into, when you're planning, you look at two, three years out, and everybody's planning two, three years out, and then all of a sudden, uh, 2021, know, the cap's going down. It's going the opposite way. So all the teams are scrambling a little bit, and it just became uh, everyone really did it last year just because everyone uh, had to get under the cap. So that's really why it got a lot of attention. It's, it's been something you can, can always do, but it got a lot of attention because it was, it was being done by everyone last year. How many years can you push it out? Can somebody sign, like, for instance, not – Thank God it was just a cramp with Tristan Wirfs, yeah. by the way. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. But when it, as soon as I saw it, the initial report was he was yeah. getting carted off. I'm like, damn, okay. So you got Bobby Hainsey, obviously, and then there's some some veterans out there that are going to cost money. And then tackle is a very important position. That, it, yeah. by, by the way, Tristan's good, which yeah. is good. But it, br- it brought me to a question. Like, in training camp, something happens at a position where you're going to have to bring in a vet who's going to cost a little bit of money. You're mm-hmm. immediately doing the math on how many void years you can put it out there to save and what we can make the signing bonus. How many years can you send that out? Can it be like a Bobby Bonilla? I want a 15-year, <laughs> 14-voided year deal so this vet that we need to make our team whole here early can yeah. get $10 million or something like that. How, do you, how far there, can you go with it? There is a, you, so you can push it out really five years because that's how much it's going to prorate out. Okay. And then, but then the automatic void, let's say it's a one-year contract, you push it out five years, it's going to accelerate into next year once, once that void happens if it's a one-year deal. Uh, so really, you could push it out five years, and what that will do is that will lower the cap hit this year, but then it will all accelerate into next year if it's a one-year deal. So initially, uh, it's five so years, and then it accelerates up. back. Yeah, so those four that we were planning on using are going to catch up because he's no longer on the team. Correct. Correct. Exactly. Oh, so that's when you kick it down the road, they get you. They get you. It comes back in, and then you got to find somebody else to kick it down the road, and you keep continuously doing that. It'll it'll catch up to you eventually. Uh, but yeah. uh, it's something that, you know, when you're going for it, you're going for it. Hell yes. Yeah. It, can we get Tom Brady back? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Can we Make get, it work. Can we get Godwin <laughs> here on a franchise? Yeah. Uh, well, Evans. The dude? answer's always yes. Yeah. Can we get always Evans yes. here? Yeah. Th- that's what we've been saying this whole time, mm-hmm. Big Brain Mike. Because like, there's uh, some teams that we pull for where there's some moves that can be made, and somebody goes, "Well, cap wise, they don't have anything." It's like, yes, they do. The Saints <laughs> saved like a hundred million in like two days. Did mm-hmm. you see that shit? Do you watch other people's films, like other other salary caps <laughs> moves? Because what the Saints were seventy over. Then it became 30 under in like an eight-day period or yeah. something. Like I was like, holy shit. The, the salary cap people in the NFL are the most – we are collectively the most judgmental group. We are the, the first to look at other teams going, oh, we would never do that. Did you see what they did? We are – we judge each other every chance we get. Close group, but we just judge each other all the time. Every new it's part deal, of the fun. You have to be able to make fun of other people. Every new deal that happens – 
that affects you guys, right? I mean, yeah. you have to watch the market all day, every day. Are you watching it like a trader almost with what? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And what you like to do is you call your friends, you just did a deal. Before you even see the deal, you go, I can't believe you did that deal. I can't believe that deal just got done. Just to get under their skin a little bit. But we are collectively a very judgmental group. Ty, your question for mm. Big Brain Mike. Yeah, Big Brain Mike, in terms of like the kicking it down the road, when you look at the like the new TV deals and all the money that's coming in and where the cap's going to go, is there any type of thought where like, hey, we can almost we can kick it down the road and we'll be able to kind of outrun it because of how much money is coming into the league and where the salary cap is going? 100%. So we're always looking, okay, we're trying to figure out what the cap's going to be next year and the year after, and you know what the TV deal is coming in, it's obviously going to increase the cap. So 100%, we're always taking that into consideration and knowing, okay, uh, that, that's really a factor that played into to ours too. We go in a few years with the cap, it should increase uh, with all the new TV deals and we'll be able to push it. Uh, and that's why we were able, kind of made a decision, let's let's push it forward. And, and so definitely take that into consideration. What is the cap? It's the TV rights, right? And then what else? It's a collection collection of of of, of things uh, collection of formula that the uh, NFL and union negotiated and CBA and um, it's it's uh, a little a little bit complicated but, but, uh, but I think it's I, TV I, I defer rights to the league and the union to kind of put that together and then give us the gives the number yeah but I think it's like TV rights is a big part and I wasn't yes, saying yeah. that for you but I think TV rights is to do that so when, it is when yeah, you TV, see yeah. when you see the NFL is like yeah. Sunday ticket was one billion for this time. We're asking for two and a half billion now. Like you guys all have to perk up and be like, oh, here we go. Okay, so that's at yep. least right. And it because yep. yeah. who knows know where it could go, right? Who knows where it could go right now? Right. We know it's increasing now. At the same time, so will the player salaries. You know, they'll want more. Oh, yeah, they'll want. Yeah. To, they say they look at it as well. The agents look at it and they say, look at these TV deals. You know, a twenty million dollar receiver. He should really be making thirty. So as everything increases, so does so does everything else. The minimum salaries from the new CBA keep increasing. Uh, so it kind of works both ways there because everything's going to increase as as the cap increases. Oh, you just said inflation. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like you just did that. Are you lead counsel yeah. as well, or do you just give a heads up on how things will work with other people negotiating? Am I what? I'm sorry. Are you lead counsel for Bucks as well? Yeah, so I, uh, me and Jack Davison, we kind of we handle all the negotiations together, and Jason will uh, will chime in as well. Um, so he, he loves to talk about some of the uh, interesting cap rules, funding rules. That's where that's really where he gets interested. That's awesome. Uh, he, he defers to us and all that stuff. He does. He, he that's where we lose him. We're talking to Mike Greenberg, salary cap guru and lead counsel for the yeah. Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Cash over cap with the Glazer family backing it and the whole team being in. Seems to have found maybe a cheat code down there in Tampa Bay, and it's been fun to watch. Tone digs your question. Well, I said this. Does Tom, when Tom says, hey, I got I got Gronk and I got Julio on the hook here, uh, does he come to your office first to see if you can make a deal happen, <laughs> or does he go to Jason's office first? Who does Tom tell when he wants someone on the hey. team? So Jason and Tom have an unbelievable relationship. Um, I think it. Tom never really calls Jason and goes, we need to sign this guy or that guy. It, it's That's blown out of proportion a little bit. What ends up happening really is guys get released and they want to come and play here. They want to play with, with Tom. They want to play with uh, – they want to play for B.A. and Todd Bowles and Byron. Um, you know, the veteran guys realize that we're in Florida. We have no state taxes. That's a big thing. So they want to – you know, they want to come here. So we'll with, – with having – 
and there's no doubt about it, they want to play with Tom. And we get a lot of calls from from agents when guys get released or when they're in free agency, just checking in to say, hey, you guys interested in my guy? You want to love to come down there and play with Tom? So there's no doubt that that people want to come and play here and play with Tom. But I think um, there's other factors of the organization as well with, with the coaching staff and uh, as well. Greeny, a couple of years ago in the middle of COVID, you know, there was a time where your kicker and your punter <laughs> tested positive and I thought to myself, you know, I know a lot of the coaches down there. I've never mm-hmm. got to kick and punt in a game. I could do one game. Oh yeah. So I reached out to uh, a couple of friends of mine. I'm like, hey, what would have what would have to take place here? And obviously, I was told not these friends of mine at the NFL, not any any team. They're like, well, first of all, the Colts would have to release your rights, uh, but also in the middle of this, you're going to have to have the antibodies already because if you don't have the COVID antibodies, you'll have to be in. A hotel for two weeks or whatever and you won't be able to play or whatever so i one got an antibodies test turns out i did not have the antibodies so none of it could happen so i didn't even have to call in a favor to chris ballard hey need you to fucking just let me go <laughs> real quick <laughs> need you to let me go i'm going down there didn't even get a chance to call the bucks i would have loved negotiating with you though greeny so, ah! so i remember this we had, we had a pat mcafee meeting ba jason and we sat around and i said you know the wwe money he has ah, i'm yeah, good yeah. At, i'm good at pushing cap da- and cash down the road but I, I, this is this was this is gonna be too much. I, this <laughs> much. So we had the meeting. It, it got talked about. We we were disappointed because it just it would have been that way. That's where we would have probably drawn the line because it, it just couldn't push that much money. Yeah, listen, we might have had to push that thing 10, 20 years down. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, we would have figured it out, Greeny. Uh, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Mr. Big Brain, you said that you know in like the last six years when your window really wasn't technically open, you were kind of getting prepared for this time now where it is and you can go and get a championship. Do you see that with other teams now when you look around the league? Like maybe there's a couple teams that might not be primed for a you know run right now, but in three, four years they might have the pieces and the money to make a run definitely you could see some teams um because you can you can move cap room now from one year to the next pretty easily and you can see the teams that uh really it's, it's the ones that have the good young rookie quarterbacks and haven't had to pay that quarterback yet maybe haven't had to pay a receiver or left tackle yet and you see them kind of getting getting ready and pushing that cap room because it's gonna it's gonna happen they're gonna have to uh you know do something similar to what we've been doing so you can kind of see some of it from blooming with some of those teams that have a lot of cap room that keep pushing it forward a little bit see that was some things that that was a trend there right whenever Goff was at the rams he was rookie quarterback they paid a bunch of ogs around him then uh seattle right when russ was young they paid legion of boom they paid everybody around him now it feels like the trend is young quarterback you can pay og wide receiver or older quarterback who's already been broken off once takes a little bit of a team-friendly deal you can pay wide receiver but if you're in that big pay of quarterback run going to be tough to pay the skill positions i said yesterday that that's probably how teams are going to be constructed for the next what 10 years how long do trends last you think in the nfl how is this going to be going forever or do you think there is a a was uh, cyclical. cyclical? Cyclical. There it is. Yeah. Smart. Um, I think it. it's cyclical. I think it, it has to do. It's interesting with the every time a new CBA comes out, you see kind of sometimes a new trend. People, uh, you know, with this CBA, a lot of the minimum salaries went up. So you see, you see different trends that are impacted by the CBAs. With the new CBAs when they come out, and they usually come out. You know, 2011 was the last one, and then this one came out uh, two years ago. So I think it's fair to say that that seven to ten 
year window, it, you kind of see some of these new trends like, like you're discussing. All right. Well, we appreciate the hell yeah. out of you. Thank you for doing everything you've done for the game. We appreciate you explaining things to us idiots about how <laughs> and why you do your stuff and keep kicking ass down there. I know it's got to be hot as hell oh. in Tampa right now. It is hot. We practice 830 in the morning because it gets real hot come uh, come lunchtime. So. I could imagine. I know you guys are selling yeah. the no state income tax. Uh-huh. And, uh, I know you guys are selling like, hey, the manatees in the bay. It's They're beautiful. Pretty- in the town there's cranes everywhere everybody's having a good time go boats it's going to be go boats everywhere but it's it's we're we're trying to get AQ Shipley to come back we're we're, we're doing well see he's actually the one that told me because I run hot as well he's like it is always 150 (laughs) degrees down here (laughs) it is always 100% humidity I think that's the only thing that anybody has said that isn't great about Tampa aside from that what a fucking beautiful place and congrats on all the success Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Love the show. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, salary cap guru and lead counsel for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, big-brained Mike Greenberg. Here we go, out of baby. Here we go. Here we go, boys. Here we go. Here we go. Two days before the uh, NFL preseason kicks off in a Hall of Fame game, which is a bunch of insurance salesmen and <laughs> uh, other league players playing mm-hmm. oh, in yeah. a wearing NFL jerseys. But it is our first taste yeah. of NFL football as we celebrate the greats of the past and look on to the season on the horizon, which is going to be explosive, electrifying, and begins and kicks off in just 37 days. That's Boston wow. Connor, the talks table next Ooh. to him, Matt Ty Schmidt, Ooh. baseball fan, big baseball. Baseball day today. Tom. Yeah, massive baseball day. Trade deadline day. I guess there's three different reports going on right now about the Juan Soto trade from the Nationals to the Slam Diego Padres. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, Hosmer is either renegotiating a deal because he has a no trade clause to Washington, or he's going to end up staying and a different deal is going to be presented for Juan Soto, or there's a third team potentially getting involved and Hosmer's heading to a third team. Juan Soto's going to San Diego. Whatever the case, numerous reports, including one from our guy Jet Pat. Mm-hmm. that is basically saying Juan Soto is going to San Diego. It's just how and if our guy Hosmer, who's been seen in a For the Brand sleeveless hoodie, Taking who BP. I am actually buying his jersey right now currently, uh-huh. he's. it wow. sounds like he's either going to be on San Diego or he's going to be on the Nationals or he's going to be on an independent team. We don't know shit Juan Soto is going to San Diego. Though. Yeah, the third team thing makes sense. I, I think there's a he's not going to Washington. That ain't happening, I don't think. So. Why? Because they stink? Yeah, yeah and I mean, okay. if he had a no-trade clause, like, I mean, man, you got to feel for him today because the San Diego is really making a push right now. They're an exciting team. Like they're going to be, you know, they're really going for broke in the playoffs. Like that would really suck going from there to Washington. So hopefully they find a third team and can get him, you know, somewhere where he can play some. Or we baseball. hope he stays. We hope he stays. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly, somebody's reporting. There's, I guess, reports that he could potentially stay. Yeah, keep really? Hosmer home. Jet Passon said that there's potentially a new trade from San Diego being presented without Hosmer. Oh, here we go. Let's yeah, go because Hosmer does have the ability, I guess. Uh, Bob Nightingale, mm-hmm. who uh, oh. I guess he's not always right. Yeah, not always. But takes a lot of swings. He, he steps into the batter's box. Yeah, volume hitter. He's saying something about him moving it up, holding it all up or whatever. I don't know. That'd be sweet. It's trade deadline day. We'll talk to Sean Casey, the mayor, in about an hour and ten minutes, and Ty will break that all down with him because I guess this is an exciting day in baseball with only 90 thousand games left that's it in this season yeah i believe they've played 104 so there's about yeah about 58 games left jesus my god Mm -hmm. so many games but who will find new chemistry with their new team that's right in a pretty isolated sport who will be able to fit in with their new team on this trade deadline day and really make a run when these last 58 games in baseball hell yeah 
that we will not pay attention to once actual preseason football starts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll still watch every one of them. Oh. You're a good guy, Ty. Mm-hmm. Sean Casey, so are you, Tone Diggs, Hammer, Dad, Cowboy. Joining us now live from an attic in Ohio, a college football national champion with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Whoa. Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay wow. Packers. Uh, Ryder Cup champion with the United States of America. COVID survivor with the grit of a true Ohioan. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hall. Hey, hey. What's up, Bob? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, big day in the NFL today. Steven Ross, all kind of stuff. Also, baseball is big today. Yeah. What a great oh, day, huh? Today is a great day. Is Hey. It's a great day because we get a chance to do this for a living, isn't it? Yeah, right. damn right. Hey, I was uh, I was on with Dan Patrick earlier today, pre-recorded, I believe. Ah, no, is he live then? Is he live? I think he, he might have been live. Might be live. He was live. I think I went on with him live. Uh, great conversation. Great to catch up with him. Uh, he said he wanted. Uh, he told me to tell you hello. He said he wanted okay. to say I always got great respect for Dan Patrick. I assume you have the same feelings. Absolutely, University of Dayton, Dan Patrick. I grew up going to basketball games there. Really? Wow. Is he playing? Yeah. Do you have a shot? Dan- yeah, I believe his name was Dan Pugh at the time. Who? What? You heard me. I did not. It's it not actually, a big deal. It cut out the exact time. I did not hear what you said. Zoo? Pugh. I think he went by Dan Pugh back then. I didn't know that. What? I think his middle name might be Patrick. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, he's a uh, big guy. Checks I, out. I mean, I've known about Dan Patrick what? forever. Oh, I love Dan Pat. I did not. Dan I don't know hiding from anything. Dan like Pete. Pete. Tater of the game. Dan Pete. Dan Pete. Dan Pete. Dan Pete. It's not a secret. DP. 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 PMS. Okay. DP. DP. Yep. All right. What's that? What's what? your problem? What's that? Okay. Oh, yeah. He well, goes by, and that is a logo, like the DP show. Yes, yeah. exactly. So why'd you have to do the, uh, okay. What do you mean? Well, you well, you'll listen like, back, no and you'll hear it. Yeah. You, yeah, listen you back. Will. You'll you hear it. Sound. like DP was Run it DP. back, DP. No, we don't have the capability to run it back. When we get to the Thunderdome, we'll be able to do yeah. so. But <laughs> just know your tone is pretty toxic whenever we said DP. Uh-huh. Made us kind of think you thought of a different DP. Yeah. yeah. Like pretty quickly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Immediately. First thought. Like maybe yeah. he's got another no tab open right now. Yeah. yeah. With DP on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What the hell? Nobody well, knows what you guys are talking about. You do, though. And that's who we're talking to. We're talking to you. Yeah. I'm clueless, honestly. I don't know what you young kids always think and say. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Anyways, Dan Patrick, absolute legend. I love talking to him. Let's get them a sports Emmy, huh? Yeah. Dan yeah. uh, Let's dive into the Stephen Ross stuff, though. Um, so yesterday, Deshaun Watson suspended six games by Judge Sue L. Robinson. In her report, she said she's trying to set a new precedent shift in culture, but didn't feel as if there was a fair enough amount of time to warn players about the shift in culture. So previous punishments with the new process might not necessarily add up, I believe, is what was kind of being stated in the 16-page report. The NFL has two days now to appeal that ruling from Judge Sue L. Robinson. This is the first time she's ever looked over over a case she is jointly um appointed by the nflpa and the nfl if the roger goodell led nfl was to appeal sue robinson's ruling and then put in their own it would be the exact same thing as what happened in the last cba so will they empower the new process or will they say eh, we still think that we need to make some things right i don't think anybody would be upset if that was the case but this is a massive precedent being set for future situations along the same lines today Day. Stephen Ross of the Miami Dolphins. He is uh, no longer the owner of one 
of his two first-round draft picks next year, a future third-round draft pick. He can't be in his stadium for the first six weeks of the next upcoming NFL season. He's been fined $1.5 million for tampering with both Tom Brady as a New England Patriot, Tom Mm. Brady as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and Sean Payton as a New Orleans Saint, both obviously being chatted about for what were rumors that we had heard very late in this whole process of maybe becoming ownership and player and coach positions for the Dolphins. Steven Ross was ready to go all in. The um, tainting and trying to lose allegations, although they found that he had said it in a manner to numerous people about their draft position, the NFL said they couldn't find any hard evidence that money was offered for actual loss. So he did say it, maybe in jest or saying it at all, but they couldn't find Brian Flores' accusation of $100,000 per loss if you tank this season. So that's where we're at, AJ, as we catch everybody up. I would like to hear your thoughts on it all. How do you feel six-game suspension, $1.5 million fine? That's a lot. I mean, that's that's a lot of money. First-round draft pick, they have two already, and a future third, which let's assume they can have four of those if they really wanted to bundle trade packages. Uh, Brian Flores' people said this is really no punishment. Steven Ross came back and responded and said, yeah, everything Brian Flores said was wrong, and we might have done a little tampering, but nonetheless, we move forward, and uh, let's play the football. AJ, your well, thoughts on it all? I don't know how you feel, but I think Steven Ross – doesn't really care about the first and third and 1.5 mil and sitting out for six weeks, not able to come to his, his own stadium and watch his team play. I think he's happy to be, in his eyes, like vindicated with the tampering with Brian Flores. I'm sure he did not want that out there. He did not want to get – like the the accusation is bad enough, but if they would have – I don't know what – like the penalty would have been huge, wouldn't it, if they would have found out, hey, that he legit offered money to lose? Yeah, well, that's jeopardizing the integrity of the game, especially with sports gambling becoming legalized in the the entire country, yeah. state by state. I mean, that's a big deal for the NFL not to lose. I mean, Tim Donahue has still done damage to the NBA's reputation today, let alone if it was to come out. Now, this is Stephen Ross's statement in uh, answer of the ruling being declared public. The independent investigation cleared our organization on any issues related to tanking and all of Brian Flores's other allegations. To your point, AJ, as I have said all along, says Stephen Ross, these allegations were false, malicious, and defamatory. And this issue is now put to rest with regards to tampering. I strongly disagree with the conclusions and the punishment. However, I will accept the outcome because the most important thing is that there will be no distractions for our team as we begin an exciting and winning season. I will not allow anything to get in the way of that. I will be on my yacht the first six weeks, (laughs) about a mile away from the stadium. I will be tailgating and at the post-game parties. I will not be in my suite. That first-round pick, I'm all happy about it. We got another one. (laughs) The future third, go to hell, 1.5 million that is literally one lap of that f1 race that i put in here so let's move on let's put it to rest and everybody can eat shit kind of how steven ross is feeling and by the way once you get past an investigation your life is probably much much better and more free i've been doing a little thinking here okay can't wait this is big Uh this is big breaking news deshaun news drops yesterday okay everyone's talking about it blah 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 what time this news dropped today 11.55. 11.55. Time we go on? Uh, 12.02. Hmm. wonder if they thought, hey, we need to get this off the PM. We need to get Deshaun off the PMS show. We need to get people 
All right. I'm forgetting about this because I saw people tweeting this yeah. too. Because we're I not saw, we're I not going to file an appeal, so we need to stop. We need to get people to stop thinking about it. We'll drop this news and then look for around 11:57 tomorrow. Some more news to drop. So, so uh, Tone Tone is the voice of people on the internet. Some people mm-hmm. on the internet. I um I saw some reactions to us talking about okay. the breaking news of today, and there's a new punishment in town, Stephen Ross. I saw some people quote tweeting our video saying, "Oh, look at the NFL bootlickers over there uh-huh. at the Pat McAfee show, <laughs> no. not talking about Deshaun Watson oh. anymore." And then I saw some people like holding up like the puppet emoji thing, mm-hmm. and they're they like, "Here's that? the NFL, oh. the Pat McAfee, move on from Deshaun." What? And I'm like the in sync. Uh, fucking yeah. Marionette. Marionette. That's what they're saying we're doing. What do you want us to do? We're a topical daytime show. They drop right before we go live. We got to talk about it. Yeah. The NFL appeal. We'll talk about AJ. Well, these people don't know me, AJ. They, uh, they they know what to get you what they say to get you going obviously which is very I mean it's not not that difficult first off what are you drinking though what's your weird blue what are you saying you're saying yeah. they're doing? what he's saying they're doing so yeah, just we do walking around huh. You doing the shaka? No, puppeteer. No, yeah, yeah, puppeteer move. Marionette. So by the way, I will chuck a shaka, okay? Because it's good vibes only, bruh. Yeah. Us, okay? Mm-hmm. I will. This is Gatorade Zero in yeah. uh, Fiji water. You know what I mean? No big deal. Why? Why are you drinking zero? You don't want the sugar? Well, I just want some flavor, to be honest. And uh, mm-hmm. I did it during keto. I'm no longer on keto. I mean, I had to. I had a JBC right before oh, we went that's live. Yeah. I've had JBC in years, let alone in the last month or mm-hmm. so. I mean, we went after it. Nick ate healthy for the first time in 10 months yesterday. Nice. Yeah. Kind of. And then today he's back on his bullshit, got me into the Wendy's train. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, I've been really attacking the day. So this is just for flavor, pal. Just yeah. for flavor. I get it. But Stephen Ross, going back to him. Okay. I don't the tampering Whatever. thing. Who cares? What about you Deshaun? care about tampering? Yeah, I mean that's the real. <laughs> no, thing. the tampering thing is just the billionaires, the right? Tanking thing. Yeah. Everyone cares about tanking, yes. but tampering is actually good for the NFL. This is a good storyline. People, are like, can you imagine if Tom Brady and Sean Payton were like? It gives them more to talk about, more to think about, and for, especially for people to think, hey, something like this is possible to happen in the future. Like if this could happen, anything could happen. Well, yes, I concur. I think fans are excited about it, but I don't think fans give a fuck. This is the billionaires' no. problem. Yeah, this it is. is. The, the, the tanky thing is all that matters, though, with yeah. Stephen Ross right now, I feel like. Yes, concur completely. That's why he's taking a victory lap with his statement. Yeah. But, like, the Glazer family that owns the Bucks, the Benson family that owns the Saints, and the Kraft family, right, they're probably a little pissed off about this whole thing, even though they publicly won't say that. There's probably some conversations that are going to happen in that one-per-club meeting that are like, hey, fuck you. And I assume, by the way, if I know the world like it is currently, there's going to be no accountability. There will be fingers yeah. pointed at other people as well. But Bruce Beal, the man who allegedly did the conversations with Tom Brady his last year in New England, started in training camp. He has been fined $500,000, and he's not allowed at league meetings anymore, yeah. I think. Whew. I think he has been – he's supposed to be the successor mm-hmm. to Stephen Ross for the Miami Dolphins oh. uh, team as a whole. So I don't know how long he's banned from league meetings did they put that is it just a one year thing one year one year he's banned from league meetings so he can't even think about uh. you know patronizing any other teams at these league meetings when everybody's boozed up with the in report behind the scenes does this hurt uh tom in the future if he still wants to be part of ownership in miami at some point yeah did they just delay this deal because that was definitely what was happening right yeah that sean Payton how do they get around it like with the salary cap and all that how do they make it work 
Do you know? Yeah, that was the debate that we had when this first came out. Is that how would, would he count towards the salary cap, or would he have like a vet min contract? And then he also makes money, obviously, by being an owner. Did they present it to Peyton whenever he was a free agent? I, there was a rumor. Um, I don't know. If baseball ever... used to. I think baseball, like Pete Rose, was offered like equity positions in teams when he was a free agent. So there's like a, there was always a rumor by Denver. It was Tennessee, Tennessee, right? Tennessee? Yeah. Okay. And I don't know how they're going to do it, AJ. Do you remember? Yeah, that? with the salary cap, I, we'd have to ask Andrew Brandt because I don't know how the salary cap – I don't think – yeah, to me, I don't know how football makes it work. Is there a precedent? Because I'll tell you what, if a player can become an owner, I'm all about it. Let's yeah. move on. Let's get, We'll definitely get back to this to those that yell at us on what we're talking about. Uh, joining us now <laughs> is – I mean – Every time I watch them fight, it's absolute electricity coming through the television. There's absolute electricity radiating through the O2 arena. He puts everybody at and done, and then immediately afterwards, the place goes bananas. He does an interview where he says, ah, I should have put him out quicker. Mm-hmm. Should have put him out quicker. He's always disappointed with how great he is in the octagon. We don't know that, Patty. I wish next time mm-hmm. you just celebrate because we think everything you do is great. Then you took time to give a speech on something that's very important to people all around the world, not just in England, not just in the United States. Mental health's a real thing. We've all been affected by it. We hope you're okay. And obviously, it's a bummer, ladies and gentlemen. UFC lightweight stud, Scouser, Patty the Batty. Yeah, Patty! Oh, I just walked into an elevator, they said. Oh, no. Oh, no. Elevator to the top. Ladies and gentlemen, Patty the Batty! How are you, Patty? How are you, lad? How's life? What's going on? Just I, was in the, I was in a lift then, lad. Well, an, an elevator, as you would call it. A lift? Where are you at? Are you in America? Are you back in England? Where are you right now? No, I'm in England, gentlemen. London at the minute. Flying to Chicago tomorrow. So, just enjoying one last little bit of food. Yeah, I was about to say, how's the last week been after uh, celebration? You've been diving back in. What's that little milkshake right there? Yeah, little little Kinder Bueno milkshakes. Where are you? What is your weight right now, if you had to guess? I'm going to clip. All right, let's dive. Um, yeah. I probably said bad, bad 200 pounds, so I'm not sure. Uh, well, you look amazing. I hope you're radiating. Obviously, what you talked about after the fight was so serious and hit home with so many people. We want to extend our deepest apologies that you're going through that, your friend group, and we appreciate you taking the platform to make the world a better place, Patty. I think everyone who has a platform like me should do what we can for people less conscious to themselves and that's just that's just something I've always thought of and I feel like everyone should be like that so it's, it's something that I'll always stand by well we appreciate it and let's get to the fight now and let's talk about your future uh why are you always disappointed with how you end a fight well you know it's always like ah, I could have beat him quicker I could have done this we understand that you might not have had your perfect game but god damn it you're perfect in our eyes I hope you I hope you know that like the fans it's like everything this guy touches is gold but it always feels like you're not exactly thrilled is that just how you always be and is that how you operate yeah that's just how I am sometimes I was I was disappointed in my performance because I felt like I should have went out there and blasted them out in a round I know I still finished them finished someone that's never been finished before you know, he's had 11 pro fights, lost one. I'd have never been finished, and I choked his ass, lad. <laughs> you know what I mean? He got dealt with like I knew he was going to get dealt with. I, I said the whole time he was going to get finished, so I thought it was going to be a knockout, but he defends, he defends punches well. It's quite weird. He doesn't like to defend them like in a skillful way, but he defends them well, and then like just grabs all of you. But I think I won the first round on all judges' scorecards and then got to finish in the second, so... 
I'm not too fussed like that. As obviously when I look back now, I realise I was being very emotional going into the fight, and like I've watched the fight back, I watched it back today, and every punch I throw, I'm trying to take his head off. Throw a punch where I'm trying to set his shot up. I'm just walking forward, throwing punches. Do you? Is that something you tr- you're gonna have to like try to find a way to to rein in or figure out like moving forward, or can you fight like that every time? I could fight like that every time, lad. I could go. I'm I'm a big fat bastard at the minute. But I could. <laughs> someone rang me now and said, "Get out after the statement." I'd be out there beating them up. <laughs> what is it you said the last time to us? Like you like getting hit in the face? You don't mind getting? Yeah, I, I I enjoy getting punched and punching people in the face. It sounds very weird, but I enjoy it. Is it like well, you're 19 and three? You've only had three fights in the UFC. I looked this up today, Patty, and I listen. I might be a bearer of bad news here. This is not how I feel. I looked this up. How are you the 38th ranked lightweight in the UFC? And what is it, what is this all? When are we getting you? There's no champ in your division. When are you? What, what is the deal? Have you talked? No, there is. There is. You can't say there's no champ in our division. There is. His name's Charles Oliveira. Lad. He is the champ in this division. Why, why are you 38th, though, you think? What's that, just because you've only had three fights? Or what is the deal? The UFC fights, Adam, you've seen some of the names on that list. Some yeah. of the names on that list are scary, lads. No, <laughs> not to you, right? Do you have to look at that type of thing? And are you already planning out who your next fight is? Or will they tell you? I don't care, lad. As I say, some of the, 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 the UFC lightweight division is the best division in the whole of the UFC. By far. It's the deepest division. Um... All the way down to like rank 50 in lightweight is very good. So I don't mind taking my time climbing up the rankings. I'm not in no rush. I'm going to take my time and earn a lot of money as I do take my time. Yeah, I mean. Doesn't Dana, yeah. hey, Patty, doesn't Dana want you to fight in New York here? What, 281 is it? Yeah, but come on, lad. <laughs> that's the tax man just taking all me dough. That's all happening, lad. The tax man's not getting my money in New York. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll fight Vegas though? Yeah, Vegas, December, lad. Yeah, 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 I got you. Yeah, <laughs> Vegas, uh, state income tax, much different than New York. I like the way your head's at. You just said something about taking your time and collect your money or whatever, but we all, I mean, in the arena, the same thing, and I know, obviously, the he- the main event was famous. I mean, I changed the channel after your fight. I mean, yeah. absolutely. You have to feel that, obviously, every time you walk into an arena. What's that feel like whenever the whole fucking place knows Patty the Baddie? Is it, this is what you've worked for your entire life, lad, right? Yeah, this, this is what I've worked for. This is I've always envisioned this and visualized this. I've always knew this was coming. So for me, it's not like surreal or nothing because I always knew it was going to happen. Where for like my friends and my family and even my team, some of them it's a bit surreal. But to me, this is just another day at the office, lad. And even I do notice it that after I fight, you can see people just going to the exit, trying to get the, the, the quickest taxi so that they haven't got to sit around for when everyone gets off. Yeah, I do that in my bathroom. That's all right. I'm going to take a shit and probably not going back. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Patty, how was the uh, post-game celebration? I saw you messing around with, I think it was Stormzy in the back, you know, hanging out with some of the lads. Molly, Molly high seed them. Molly high seed Stormzy. What's that? High seed? Yeah, it's a wrestling technique. Molly high seed Stormzy picked him up over her head, and I like he was about to go like that on his shoulder, and I had to just jump over and catch his arm to make sure he didn't. 
It was hilarious. Oh, you guys are getting after it. I mean, you and Meatball Molly are a tag team for the UFC that they just have to love. You two on the same card is entertainment from literally walking back in the back through both fights and then afterwards. It's amazing. Have you guys been friends your entire life? And I- uh, no, I, we, we met each other in the gym. You know what I mean? We met each other in the gym years ago, about 10, 11 years ago now, like, but she didn't start training properly at first. She came into each spa with someone we used to have in the UFC called Rosie Sexton, the first ever British woman in the UFC. Um, she came into boxing spa with her years ago, and then Molly ended up just coming back and getting into MMA, and as you say, the rest is history. Hey, she's awesome, huh? You see her, like, yeah. you, you two work together in the gym at the same time, same fight camps, obviously? Yeah, we do a lot of things, like similar things, but we don't really train together. I'm far too big for that at squasher. <laughs> hey, speaking of, you did a little, uh, you did a teabag twerk on a guy back. You know, you didn't go front on him. You didn't go back on him. At what moment do you remember? Is it as you're cinching it in? You're like, hey, don't forget to drop your dick on this oh. guy, lad. Like, is that as you're doing I it? That's what it was. I went to stand up, and as I stood up, like, as soon as I finished them, I stood up and said, like, I just, it come in me, I had teabag quick. I did to just boom, boom. <laughs> Don't forget got the tea bags <laughs> in, lad. And uh, he was on it though, when he stood up as fast as he could when he saw the first tea bag come down. Have you talked to him since tea bagging? He was all right in the case, and then after it, he started um, seeing an interview of him going Liverpool's a dumb. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, yeah, talking shit. What's that all but about? He, he had, he never even come to Liverpool, so what's he on about? He went to London. What's a four-hour car journey away? Scousers would beat the fuck out of him anyways, wouldn't they, Patty? Huh? He steps one foot in Liverpool, it's over. He wouldn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when you get a guy's arm attached to his side with your, your leg, just wrapping it in completely, and you're just waiting for him to give you the neck, it's inevitable there? Is that is that in your head? That's what you're thinking? And is there any way it out is. of for me, I think it's inevitable. That's one of my positions. I like getting to that position on someone's back and choking them or punching them until the ref stops it. And when I have one arm trapped, I just feel like, yeah, it's over. When I, I when I done that, I remember at one point, I hit him with the knee and I knew it, it hit him. And then I ended up on his back. And I was on his back. I remember looking at the clock and seeing him um, two minutes 30. And I was like, yeah. This is over. I've got well enough time. You know what I mean? I've got well enough time. I could have just sat there for another two minutes playing about with them. But I just ended up wrapping it up. And did you wiggle them over in front of Portnoy on purpose? I mean, it was like <laughs> there was a shot of obviously you uh, wrapped around the guy's back like a koala. Mm-hmm. And then Portnoy with his wig on right over. The, it was like a it was straight out of a fucking movie yeah. almost the way it was set up. Nah, the, there was an even funnier one in the first round. When I went for that guillotine on him, the choke, and I was on my back, like, as I started to kick Jordan off me, I just, like, looked at me right, and I just saw Dave, and I thought, oh, my God, I can't lose while my, my boss is here. I'm going to have to sort your shit out here. What are you doing, pal? And I just, like, I, I had to put it on him. He had a fucking monocle. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. uh, go ahead, Ty, your question for Patty. Patty, last time you came on the show, I think it was on Instagram. 
that they basically had you shadow banned, and then now I think it was the the day of your fight. Uh, your Twitter oh, the night before, lads. Yeah, the, the Friday night, the night before. Yeah, they they suspended your Twitter account. What the hell's the deal? Why why is it you're getting preyed on on social media when like you have this message post fight? I don't think you're really like a negative force on there. Yeah, like, why happens? are they always in your shit? Because lad, people give me shit, so I don't let the souls win and give it back. And my accounts get banned for it. What's that all about? Because Twitter's a gang of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Why is Elon Musk flap lad and not bought it? Elon, buy Twitter lad. Stop flapping. <laughs> we need you. That's what you're saying. Yeah, we need them. We need them to source this Twitter out lad. But I've joined an elusive list there. Like, haven't I? Get, like, the only other person I can think of that's banned off Twitter is Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta create your own platform. I mean, that's what I think yeah. that's what you're gonna have to do, Alex. Go ahead, AJ. The only people that su- the only people that suffer off that though really is me fans, because I I interact with people on Twitter all the time. I'll talk back to people, and it's me fans that are gonna suffer through that. Like Twitter's the least used out, out of them all. Everyone uses TikTok and Instagram and that more now. So the only people that's gonna suffer off that's the fans. So Twitter, up yours. <laughs> <laughs> Patty, you think uh, you think the teabag could be your finishing move from here moving forward? I, I don't think anyone's really used it that much in the past. It could be your thing. It could, lad. If I could start teabagging people over cheeky, because that's the only reason he got teabagged, lad, because he was being cheeky in the fort and before it, <laughs> talking this big game, lad, like he was going to do this and do that, lad. He couldn't finish your dinner. <laughs> it's a great move. When are you getting back into training, Patty? Well, I'm putting away. Since I got back home, I um, I went to Wales with the dog for two days in my bed, and then I went to Dublin over the weekend, and now I'm in London. So I'm flying to Chicago tomorrow, and then I'm just going to have to get back training on Susan Mayer, really. All right, well, Susan good. land stateside, as you would say. Yeah, <laughs> stateside. Well, as soon as you land here, we can't wait to hear what's next for you. Enjoy this. You're a fucking good human, no matter what the lizards at Twitter and Instagram say, pal. You know that fella. I'm here to kick any lizard's head off. <laughs> we need it. Ladies and gentlemen, Patty the Batty. Yeah, Patty! Here we go, Adam Baby. Here we go, Adam Baby. Here we go, Adam Baby. AJ Hawk kind of behind the eight ball there. But what he is, is that? Dude. What do you mean? Dude, is this baseball? What do we do? Is that for Sean Casey? Go, sure. Go to yeah, why not? It's for everybody. It's for you. It's for me. It's for the toxic table. Well, at Ty Schmidt. At Boston Connor. It's uh, for at Tone Diggs, one half of the Hammered Down Cowboys. Hey, hey, Tone. Here we go, out of baby. Here we go, out of baby. Here we go, out of baby. Hey, here we go, out of baby. Hey, AJ. Here we go, out of baby. Here we go, out of baby. Hey, here we go, out of baby. Yep, here we go. Add a baby. There it is. Yes. Not bad. How Just with it? a terrible tone. So let's change that because we get to live a good life and talk about sports, okay? Okay. I Okay, I agree. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Out of baby. Out of baby. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. All right. Um, the NFL is currently in training camp. We are just days away from the Hall of Fame game, which is a celebration of the greats of the past and future XFL players uh, on the field wearing NFL jerseys. It should be an absolute blast. I cannot wait to watch NFL football. We can gamble on it. Let's go ahead and look at some injuries that have taken place already in training camp, just days into basically everybody's camp. This list of injuries is already voluminous. This list of injuries is already problematic. A lot of guys set to return, which is good news, but this is what the NFL is. This is what training camp is, and it's a real deal. Jordan Poyer, Buffalo Safety. Today, friend of the show, 
carted off with an elbow injury. Uh MRI to be determined on what the outcome will be for that. Tim Patrick, Broncos wide receiver, carted off today with a leg injury. These are happening in real time during practice. James Washington, Dallas wide receiver, fractured his right foot. He's out for six to ten weeks. Van Jefferson, Los Angeles Rams, wide receiver, knee surgery. Few weeks to be determined on when he returns. Kyler Murray, COVID-19. Four days out, because yeah. yesterday was the first day. Yep. I can't believe that's still happening. <laughs> Coach Pete Carroll, COVID-19, five days out. Micah Hyde, Buffalo safety, hip glute injury day to day. So the tag team of yeah. Hyde and Poyer at Buffalo in their stacked defense, both currently injury, uh, injured just one week into training camp. Jeez. That's good news and bad news. Already hurt, going to miss reps. Good news. Probably going to be able to get back in time for meaningful football. We do not know what either of them are. Chase Claypool, shoulder injury. He's set to return. Ryan Jensen, obviously ACL. Lucas Patrick, Chicago Center, had hand surgery. Um, (laughs) uh, Taysom Hill, he has a rib injury. He's going to be out for a bit. Fryermuth, Pittsburgh tight end, hamstring injury day-to-day. Eric Armstead, 49ers defensive end, knee sprain injury. He'll be out a few weeks. And Joe Burrow still missing time due to appendicitis, but he is due back. A lot of injuries already, AJ. I mean, this is what football is, I guess. Yeah, and what, most teams have only been in pads maybe two days as of now? Yeah, yeah. there's some non-contact, right? I mean, that's where Jensen got hurt. That was a super serious one. But, yeah, pads have only been two to three days for about 28 of the teams in the NFL. And we already have uh, 17 guys. Is that what that is? I, mean, I just tried to do some math on uh, sizing-wise. There's more guys farther down the depth chart, but these are the biggest names so far. that have. These are big names. Yeah. Huge. Briarmouth, hopefully he – that's not like a year-long – if he have his hamstring now in camp, just make sure it's not yeah, a that year-long. Was, that was on day like two, I believe, and he hasn't practiced since. Claypool hurt his shoulder on day two. He hasn't been back since. Yeah. Naj got his foot stepped on yesterday, but Tomlin said that's all right. Yeah, let him sit for a long time. Yeah, you know what I mean, AJ? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Be healthy for the regular season. Appendicitis with Joey Burrow. We haven't even chatted about that in a few days. Is he in a little, he in a little motorized yes. cart? Is that yeah. what I saw? Yeah. Sick. It's a, it's a cocaine white, this cart that he's mm-hmm. sitting on. It's a little – uh, a, a tricycle, almost three wheel yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. He's riding out there, watching all the practices, getting the mental reps. No big deal. Appendicitis. I beat it. How you doing? Keep it moving. I'm all the way. The back. Uh, they. I saw a lot of reports for Poyer. It looked like it was an elbow. You think that'll be a thing? Like if if you have an elbow and you have surgery, can you wear the big Gronk Donjoy and then wrap it up, even if you have to, with the with the pre wrap or whatever after too? Maybe if you're a safety. AJ, you got an upper body. You missing a game? I mean, it depends what it is. Like, if he, what did he do to his elbow? If what did uh, the know. JJ the JJ Watt deal was that for oh, a torn yeah. bicep or yeah. elbow? What was this for? Oh yeah, he had the knee brace on his elbow oh, forever. Yeah, still yeah. does right. That's yeah. his yeah. thing. Signature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got him in Madden wearing it. Uh, the cor- <laughs> corner that we talked to, Sean Murphy Bunting, he hurt his pretty bad during the opener against the Cowboys where his arm yeah. got like bent in between the two dudes. Yeah, and he came back in five weeks with that brace. Defensive side safety elbow. Unless it's a full break, right? That doesn't seem like that's going to be a lot of time. We are very dumb and just pissing into the wind right <laughs> yeah. now. But, right, isn't that kind of normal? Yeah, yeah, it depends how long it is. But, yeah, I guess if he's going to hurt it, this is the time to do it in camp. All right, let's bounce around with some news. Uh, Keenan Allen was uh, rallying the uh, Chargers fans. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very good. Teammates. Very good delivery. Smooth. 
Guy should be an actor. Motivating. I think everybody was motivated mm-hmm. when they heard it. He yeah. gave, what, six different emotions through yeah. it all? Yeah. And uh, we're just going to go ahead and let it ride and assume that we're going to get another strike from the Chargers media team or the NFL films as a whole. But here's Keenan Allen rallying not only Chargers fans, but his teammates alike. Both fan. That's right. Oh. Both fan. What? That's right. Okay. <laughs> Both fan. Yep. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Both fam, that's right. Yep. Ooh, quick. Both fam. Yep. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Dub. Yep. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and you see what Mike Dub. That's right. <laughs> this is everywhere. You hear Very me? good. Let's ride is everywhere. Uh, Russell Wilson did it to an entire Denver Broncos batch of fans, and they were all on the same goddamn page. Russell Wilson shows up, and he's like that guy in front of an orchestra. Mm-hmm. What's conductor. it called? The conductor. He is the conductor of all of Denver right now, and it can be difficult with Denver because of mile high flights and where people are in their minds and their bodies and the potential vitamins they have. Russell Wilson gets that little stick out uh-huh. that conductors get and says, "Hey, Broncos country." Let's ride, and this is what they do in return. Oh, they're in. Keenan Allen's in. The NFL's in. I mean, the whole world's riding right now, and I can't think and thank enough of Russell Wilson for bringing that into our world. Ain't that right, AJ? Yeah, but do you think you owe an apology to the Broncos PR staff who you've what? been grilling for putting what? this out there? Now you're just riding this all over your face? What are you talking about? It does feel like it's a lot of dancing right in my, uh, in my sniffer, you know, everywhere. But I think there's a chance, AJ, and I don't like to do this. Hmm. I think there's a chance. That this is a lot of laughing at, not with. <laughs> what? No. Ah! no. 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 <laughs> but Russ is in on it, though. Russ is laughing at it, too. He's the only one that can. No, I agree. Russell Wilson will do whatever because Russell Wilson handles adversity better than any human on earth, even better than fucking Gary Vee. Sure. So whenever you Whoa, think about Russell no. Wilson just taking whatever the world gives him, <laughs> oh, it gives me oranges, I'm making orange juice. Mm-hmm. Oh, they give me lemons, I'm taking shots of uh, Sprites with yeah. them. Yeah. That's what Russell Wilson does. You give me a book, I'm writing Bible verses in it. That's mm-hmm. Russell Wilson literally just rolls <laughs> with the punches. So this whole Let's Ride thing where it seems like maybe people are not doing it in a genuine way. Yeah. Russell Wilson's cool with that. He don't give yeah. a fuck. Russell Wilson moves on to the next thing. Me and Sierra got another anniversary next week. Me and Sierra got another birthday. What? Me and Sierra going over to the White House again to figure out cover. Me and Sierra <laughs> in Denver, we're going to win a goddamn Super Bowl. Russell Wilson don't give a fuck about what he copyright it. I assume there's trademarks yes. yeah, pending. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is a bummer because now all of Broncos country is going to have to pay him, what, five cents every time? That and I think it? they'd be thankful to do it if they win no Super Bowl. Do you That's think right. they're going to have to do – did you see that – like, do you think he's got to do, hey, Lewis Hamilton, let's drive. You think they're going to remix this? That's a good idea. Because oh, yeah, he's, now, he's cool. now minority owner of the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. F1 star Lewis Hamilton. Is he really? Yeah. yeah. And they're about to sell a team, so I don't know how long. So Bob Walton said – Hey, Lewis Hamilton, you want to toss some money into the oh, bid I believe here? so, yes. Hey, Bob, come on. I got some extras. How much do you give? Apparently, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Right? Apparently, him and Russell are boys. So oh, that's, that's why. So Lewis now Russell's boss? Technically. Uh, part, partially. It's Is Russ going to start driving? It's going to hurt friendship. I bet you Russell could be a great driver if he wanted to. Yeah, he has the body for it, too, right? He does, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> What's that mean, AJ? What's your problem? I mean, he plays baseball. He's awesome at football. Right. I would imagine he gets into F1. He's funny. Yeah. Funny, he's an influencer, right? Yeah. He's a fit 
right? Lifestyle guy. Yeah. Yeah. Music videos. Motivational speaker. Good dad. Great dad. We've seen him be a great dad. Great Great husband. Dog. Good actor. Good actor. Sweet truck. Sweet truck. truck. Wears his own jersey in public and nobody says anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Except for us, which, by the way, that's on us. That's our insecurities, not yours. I think he's a pastor. Pastor. Did someone say ambassador yet? Of the game? Of life, the game, (laughs) the Bible. He was in Monaco with uh, shoulder pads on. Yep. That is an ambassador. Growing the game. Hey, Russ. Fuck, keep killing it. Hey, Russ. I do apologize to the Denver Broncos social media team, who I was informed had won Webby's in the past. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. So I need to uh, relax. You didn't know that, though. I did not. I'm an asshole. Uh, we got some uh, money in the kicking world. Chris Boswell, kicker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. signs a four-year extension for a five-year deal in total for $20 million with $12.5 guaranteed. I think this ties him with Justin Tucker as the highest-paid kicker in the NFL. Congrats to boys. Hey, baby boys. Boz has been through it. Obviously, he's a kicker in Pittsburgh, so the weather is horrendous all all the way around the AFC North. Has made massive kicks for Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. Has had a rough year and has had taken the beating of being uh, on a team that uh-huh. Yinzers are a fan of. He's been there, done that with everything. He's a vet at this point. I'm incredibly proud of that guy. And uh, way to secure the bag, pal. Way to secure the bag. Good money. It, wait, what's it like kicking in Pittsburgh? I, I always talk about like how tough it'd be to kick in Chicago. Is it a similar thing? Yeah, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, even similar. Is Buff- it because it swirls? The wind's swirling or what? Yeah, it's hard to read what the wind's doing. So if the wind exists, it's okay. Like wind existing, everybody's going to have to battle. Unless it's like, you know, like 30 miles an hour, then it's like, this sucks. But if there's like teens wind, it's mm-hmm. like if you know where it's at, it's all right. You can play it. Uh, but in those stadiums in Cleveland, Pittsburgh, it swirls. Indianapolis, when they have the window open and the roof open, it swirls. Green Bay, it's like when you don't know where the fuck the wind is going, that is a problem. And there's some stadiums that are just always like that. And a lot of them happen to be in the AFC North where Boz and Tucker both have to kick. And it, and it was the... I've, I've Cincinnati heard, also miserable. Heard interviews that it was worse. They did close the one end zone, so it, it's helped it a little bit when you're click, kicking towards the river. But... It's so nice to have Boz. It's so nice to send him out there and like as a as a fan watching you know, that you know there's pretty pretty good chance. That he's People don't know how lucky they are, right, Diggs? Yes. Yes. Let me tell you why Boz and Tucker and McPherson is going to be another one. They hit clean balls. So <clears throat> in, in windy conditions, if the ball is going end over end, let me get this. So if the ball is going straight end over end, okay. Pure is what you call that, right? Just a pure end-over-end ball. The wind, even though it's pushing it, you have a much better opportunity with the points here to cut through. Once it starts getting a little fat and you start seeing it like X almost, that's obviously a much larger surface area and the wind will take advantage of that. So you see Tucker hits like the clean, that Mm -hmm. thing is just end-over-end, perfectly rotated. Uh, Nice slow rotation, what you're looking for. Too fast, obviously you hit it too low. Too slow, you're hitting it too high, probably going to get blocked. So a nice slow rotation, end-over-end is what you're looking for. But those guys that are very incredible and their percentages are very high and they kick in those windy conditions have to hit a clean ball. And that's what Boswell is able to do. That's why the first time I saw him kick, and you first time you see somebody kick, you can go, oh, this fucking guy is going to be a guy because he hits a clean ball and there's some guys that just can't do it i had a little x to the ball you know little x so i mean i'm using the entire upright right like there's a chance <laughs> oh yeah this thing's sneaking in vinitary he hit a clean ball but it had a little tiny off kilter there's some guys though that are just like end over end perfect balls 
and I'll ask them how they do it and why they do it, and it just happens to be their swing. Like their swing just happens to be. Are it, those guys the most consistent? Yes. Yeah. 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 Those. That's what. Now, Vinatieri did not hit the cleanest ball. He just mentally toughed every single one. <laughs> just every single. I'm an athlete. I'm mentally tough. This ball's going in in the worst conditions. It doesn't matter. But like Tucker and Boz, they read the wind. Obviously, they have to have a good operation. But normally, exactly where they're aiming, they're hitting it. So it's a. Uh, you know, it's a real talent, a real skill, I believe. Personally, I'm a big fan of them. Yeah, and uh, Bucker and Carlson, they hit pretty. Boom. There's, and, yeah. And over. Bro, Mason, Crosby. Like, I, I realized how uh, in college, Mike Nugent was the kicker. Nugent was so automatic. Just looked like everything was a chip shot. Mason makes, like, 60-yarders look like chip shots, and the ball seems to come off pretty clean consistently. Yeah, he has, like, a tiny fee now, like, swing, yeah. Crosby. Yeah. Just, like, a small little swing out of Colorado whenever he was drafted. I remember people talking, this guy's a big leg. And I naturally, being a hater with a, a guy with a big leg, was like, he played in Colorado. Shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> everybody has a big leg in Colorado. Then I saw him in Green Bay. I'm like, oh, oh this guy got, this guy got big, does. big leg. Yeah, Mason Crosby, absolute goat. But at the beginning, you know, when you come from an altitude place or a dumb place or a warm climate, everybody's like, oh, well, there's a reason to ball, blah, 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 blah. But Crosby's unbelievable as well. Bucker's another guy who hits a very clean high ball. You can normally tell quickly if a guy's going to make it or not. And then that's what everybody's working towards that gets on those kicker carousels where they're on a team for like two weeks and they're off a team, then they're on a team, then they're off a team. It's like necessity is giving you the job, but they're watching to see if you can hit an NFL ball in every practice. And if you can, you're cheaper than a guy. You're going to get the job. And if you're not, we'll just continue to go back on the merry-go-round. Well, and that's what stinks with Crosby, too. Like, we talked about it last year. I feel like with the Packers special teams woes, like the operation has kind of been the issue, and that's kind of like dry and hit because he's missing a lot more kicks than he ever did and i feel like because of that like he's he's almost yeah. he's still incredible but he's almost kind of gotten the yips like we're early in his career like multiple holders that's why yeah exactly and snappers like they would send him out there and it was it was like boz it's like okay crosby you know 55 and in like no matter what he's making this and now every time he goes out there it's like if he's having a good day he's gonna be nails and if he's having one of those days it's like shit he he might miss four field goals today it kind of sucks I mean, that's only happened, what, once or twice in, like, 15 years? I mean, how long Well, I'm saying, like... Yeah, you guys, though. I think his, his performance set the standard for him. For sure. And then, I don't want to bury anybody, but the year that I went and called that Lions-Packers mm -hmm. game, yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, I was watching the film. The operation on every miss was horrendous. But nobody that's watching Packers game is thinking that, and they're getting a negative thought. Oh, this guy's old, and he's missing kicks. It's 100% on him. And then he'll miss a couple in the next year. It's like, ah, I just think there's so much that goes into it. But you saying he has the yips is a fucking serious. Yeah. That's a very serious statement about Mason Crowley. Well, I mean, like, like I said, you know, you watch enough Packers games. Like it, I mean, there was that game against the Lions a couple years ago. He missed like five field goals, and I feel like that like really did a number on him, and he's bounced back since then. But even – Wait, that was, the, that was the year where rookie punter, rookie snapper, I think, right? That yeah. was the year that I went up there? Uh, yes. It might have been, yeah. 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 yeah, the ball was just spinning every time it, he kicked the fucking ball. Exactly, and I think that, you know, like that's part of it, like you mentioned. It's like people don't – I mean, all you have to do is look and make, you know, the Packers have had four different special teams coordinators in the last four years. It's like, hey, I mean, maybe there's a fucking issue there. But I feel like <laughs> he's kind of gotten – he hasn't gotten his props, whereas before this all kind of started to happen, like it was like, hey, Mason Crosby's a, a top three, four kicker in the league. You know what Mason also has is a great onside kick, surprise onside kick. I used mm. to watch his 
is to kind of learn how it is, which is great groin and hip rotation. Mm -hmm. You just put that foot up and out and down and through. I'm like, I'm not flexible enough to do that, <laughs> but I can do it once, maybe twice if we have to. I used to just jam my fucking toe right into it as hard as I could. Just jam my toe. Mason used the inside of his foot, like slapped it. Mm -hmm. I would go straight toe down. I'm trying to break my toe off the yeah. ball. It was like, as you're running up to the ball, it's like, all right, here, I'm going to try to break my fucking toe off this thing. Boom! And then the ball flies up in the air like, great kick. I'm like, thanks. Yeah, all right. Let's fucking not punt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I get a goddamn ice on it? But Crosby is incredibly talented. Janikowski, another guy that was really good. I mean, he fucking used to be able to just put onside kicks. He's in that fucking dirt that they used to have out there. Oh, yeah. He used to, that ball would be like straight off the tee down, and then it would like, compact into the fucking dirt yeah. and then full dust straight up in the air and it was like a jump ball everybody had not a lot of guys are doing that anymore and i think it's you know the new rules have kind of made a like a quitting defeated attitude like oh they don't get a run up we're oh, not going to yeah. be able to yeah. get it i think a lot of people do that but also like training to do those practicing those for me it was like all right i'm going to take the last day of my week that i'm working out that i'll have like three day break for and I'm going to fucking try to rip my groin and break my toe here so I can get this good. I could see how people would not want to train that on a regular basis, but Crosby had to a lot. And that's why I think I have a lot of respect. Janikowski had to train that a lot. It's not fun. Nowadays, guys don't do it, so what the fuck? Yeah, why do you think uh, Young Ho so good at it? Because he had, what, three onside Young Way, I don't think Young he... Way, um, I'm not sure he hits the high hop. He's just he's great at the placement of the ball. Precision. Yeah, he's, oh, okay. a, he's like a former soccer player, I'd assume, like most guys are. He has great control of the ball. And the though. Cowboys, I think, just didn't practice onside recoveries of that one game. Yeah, a little chopper ball. I mean, them talking... That was awesome to hear uh, pundits... We've never seen anything like that. It's like, wow. Watermelon ball. I'll tell you what, it's hard to get the head coach to pass that one because the other team has to be the dumbest football team. <laughs> yeah. Has to be the, but it, it worked. Great ball. Mm -hmm. Perfect execution. If I, I didn't hit that ball well, so I wouldn't have been able to do it. So I got nothing but respect for it all. But yeah, there's the people that are good at onside kicks, I have a lot of respect for because it's not fun. It's not easy to train and practice them at all. It hurts. Your fucking shit's weird. And it could fuck up a lot of other stuff but it's a weapon when you need it and it yeah. is there's some kickers that have zero chance of getting one and everybody in the stadium knows if you have a kicker that has a chance to get an onside kick i feel like there is actual hope like hey there's a one in a hundred chances getting there it's like well it's better than nothing it's better than nothing like when i would go out to do onside kicks towards the end of my career it felt like everybody was expecting like hey we're getting this ball yeah. back right it's like all right, here we fucking go. I guess. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try to make a one in a thousand opportunity happen every single time. But that's like what you That's why you work at it, though. Like, that's what mm -hmm. you want. There's some kickers, I think, that don't put any work in. And I'm like, oh, you're not willing to do it. You're not willing to go out there and fucking rip your groin to make this happen. Because that feeling of walking on the field with people expecting an onside kick to be recovered is pretty sweet. Yeah, it, is, yeah. it is a pretty sweet. It's an impossible fucking thing nowadays. But like Young Way walks out and everybody's like, here we go. We're, We're getting this yeah, ball. This is ours. Some guys walk out and it's like, nah. And I, by the way, I think those vibes are a big part of whether or not you get the ball or not. Yeah. Is there a massive difference between taking the ball off the tee? Like some guys putting it you know, sideways and trying to do like Just different spin. kicks that you're doing. Yeah. For me, I wanted the ball to be on a tee and tilted as close as far as possible so it would open up and I could fucking come down because I'm trying to spike it through the ground and then clear my foot so it bounces behind my foot. So you just got to get through it all. Like 
But there's guys that roll it on the, like it on the ground. They could just do the little, little mm-hmm, bouncer. Yeah. Yep. That just kind of takes away any air. I don't know, man. There's so many different ways. And now, since nobody can run, nobody really tries anymore. It's yeah. kind of a defeated thing. Yeah, I mean, I, the rules are a big part of it. But like you mentioned, too, like I, I don't know. I mean, and granted, the Packers aren't in a position where they're kicking a whole lot of onside kicks. But I, I can't remember in like the last like 10 years where they've went out there and it's been like, oh, shit, like we, we actually might recover an onside surprise, kick here. Surprise onside was Mason's thing back in the day. That was Mike McCart. Big Mike used it a lot. Big Mike used a surprise onside a lot with Mason. They haven't really done shit since. No. Uh, joining us now is Change Pages. This is a trade deadline for the MLB today. Oh, yeah. Big news happening. Huge. Juan Soto, 23-year-old for the Nationals, getting traded to Slam Diego. How? What are the moving parts? Also, there was other trades that happened last night that were a fucking big deal. Like Yeah, Josh Hader also going to San Diego. Boom. Frankie Montas going uh-huh. to Yankee. Gallo Mancini. just went to the Dodgers. Yeah. Gallo just went to the Dodgers. Okay, here we go. Uh, Joining us now is the mayor, a man who works for the MLB Network. He has a podcast called The Mayor's Office, which has its 100th episode coming yeah, up. Huge. Pittsburgh legend, MLB fan favorite, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Casey. Yeah. 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 What's up, fellas? Hey, Sean, how you doing, pal? You, uh, life good over there? It's a big time for the MLB. A lot of moves being made. A lot of teams being created. A lot of teams quitting, too, or no? <laughs> no, team, teams aren't quitting, but I'll tell you what. This Juan Soto trade is one of the biggest deals in the history of the game. I mean, 23 years old, generational player. Uh, San Diego get, uh, got the, the, the Nationals got a ton back from San Diego. Six huge prospects. So, I mean, these deals are huge. Hater, Josh Hader, one of the best closers in the game, going out to San Diego. So, there's so many moving parts happening right now. It's a great day for baseball. I mean, it's, the trade deadline so much fun. And but, like I said, Juan Soto going out to San Diego. One of the biggest deals in baseball history. It's great to see you. You've been crushing it on MLB Network. Tashmet, your question for the mayor. Yeah, Sean, you mentioned that, you know, like the, the Nationals got quite a bit back, but also I see a lot of people saying that they kind of got fleeced. Why, why do you think they're so reliant? I mean, I know that they, it, Soto turned down the deal they offered, but like if you're a Nationals fan, how can you be excited about this when you give that guy away? Like, I mean, they're kind of just staking their future on these prospects, and we know in baseball, like, there's a very good chance that four out of six or five out of these six guys won't ever pan out. Yeah, well, I think the the biggest thing when you look at it is that they offered him $450 million, I think. It was 15 years for 450, and he turned it down. And I I think as soon as that happened, they had to start shopping him, and that's that's really what happened. He turned down the 450 because he's got Boris. He's not a free agent for, uh, you know, another two years after this one. So, um, that was the biggest re- reason they had to move him. They got a lot of good prospects back. C.J. Abrams, too, who's a guy that's in the, sh- in the big leagues right now as a shortstop. So, But you're right. I mean, the teams that usually win out are the teams that get the star, and the bottom line is the Padres got Soto, so they're probably going to end up winning out in this deal. When you look at, at like a guy like Soto going over there, and, and I'm a Yankees fan, they just got uh, Ben Intendi, like oh. – will guys press like how long does it take to get acclimated to a new team especially when you go to a place like san diego and they have you know that like a a lineup with a bunch of those other studs like do you think i mean obviously you mentioned he's a generational talent he'll be good but how long does it take for a guy to actually get acclimated to like a new club clubhouse and like will will he press and maybe not be as good the first couple weeks well, I, I think one of the coolest things, I, I, when in 2006, I got traded from the Buccos to the Tigers. I went, literally went from the Ad House to the penthouse in one call. I was like, Duh. here we go. You know what I mean? I'm like, I was with the Pirates. We were terrible. I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh, so I kind of was enjoying it. But I'm like, all right, I'm ready to get out of here. Traded to Detroit with Leland and those 
guys. It was so great. And I think as a player, you're just fired up to like contribute, right? You want to contribute and you want to get out there and do and, and show that you're worth the trade. So I think for Soto going out to the Padres, I think it's going to up his game. I mean, he's been talked about getting traded for so long now. I think that that's over. He's going to go out to San Diego and, and absolutely dominate for these next two months. When like when you look at the Nationals, how hard is it? I mean, you mentioned it being on the Pirates. How hard is it for those guys to still show up? I mean, we have, you know, what, 60 some games left. Like how hard is it for those guys who are still on the team to yeah. show up every single day when you you basically know like, hey, we're just punting on this season? It's a grind. It's a grind because it's a 162 game season. You know, you're 20 games out or whatever it is. You know, I think the the worst thing you do is when you start playing for your stats. You're like, oh, man, I'm playing for my stats. You want to be playing for the guys. You want to be playing for the pennant race. You want to be coming down the stretch and be playing for something. So when you're on a team like the Nationals down the stretch, that's a tough thing. So for Soto to, to go to a team now that's in, in, in second place in the West, they, they got great pitching. They got a lot of star power. Tatis is coming back. It's such a boost of confidence to him that, you know, He'll be so ready to go when he gets out to San Diego. Sean, do you know, is the is everything finalized with the Soto deal? I know we saw Eric Hosmer was maybe initially part of that, but yes. he had a no-trade clause. And then now I, I don't know if it's been confirmed, but he might be going to Boston. Do you know what's going to end up happening and where like some of these pieces are going to end up in this Soto deal? No, definitely some moving parts. I think that was the big, the big uh, stickler was that Hosmer had a no-trade clause to 10 teams, and the Nationals was one of them. So when they, when they sent him to Washington, he's like, I ain't going there. You know? <laughs> I think that, that mixed it up real nice, and he's like, and so then they had to they had to really get creative. So yeah, I think I don't know that totally what the end deal is, but I know Hosmer wasn't going to the Nationals, and they had to pivot a little bit there. Go ahead, Tony. Mayor, I got a question. We saw Tony Larusa. Um, Potentially falling asleep in the dugout uh, <laughs> last night. I mean, is, is that is that happen? Like, I know Jim Williams ripping too many darts. That would never happen in the gym. But is is that something that happens? Oh, there's no doubt. I remember um, my first year in the big leagues. I'd get up there, and uh, you know, Jack McKean at the time was like, I think he was like 75, 76, just kind of grinding a little bit. You know, I looked down there one day. It was like it was like June, super hot. I looked down, and he's just just sawing logs just and i'm like hey jack mckeon sleeping at the, at the end of the dugout so i think as guys get older like a tony Larusso, i remember frank robinson was sleeping in the dugout sometimes so those guys just need a quick quick cat nap and bam they're off and rolling after they 20 minute nap you sleeping no during deal. games out there at all you falling asleep when are you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt like it at times but i was like no i can't fall asleep you're paying me too much money hey 100th uh, episode of the mayor's office did i get that right congratulations yeah. thank, you. thank you yeah 100th episode coming up next week or coming up this week on friday and uh you know it's funny when you, you do that stuff you're like if we can just get to 10, we're going to be good. So we're kind of fired up. We're at 100, you know, grinding it out. and It's been a ton of fun. Here's to the next 1,000, pal. Go ahead, Hell AJ. Yeah. That's right. Sean, so why, uh, can we find a way to, to let some of these players know that they're traded before the media has to let them know? It seems like this consistently happens yeah. every once in a while. Yeah, isn't that crazy, AJ? You saw the other day uh, Vasquez. Bad, yeah. For, uh, yeah, dude, it's like, yeah. So, yeah, he's with the Red Sox, and then they're like, he's going to Houston. They're playing him, and he's like, and they're like, hey, did you, how do you feel about getting traded? He's like, what? I have no idea what's going on here. So, yeah, that's that's as a player, there's there was there's nothing worse than hearing it from the media that you've been traded. I think, you know, at times uh, 
you know, you, you owe it to hear it from your club. And, 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 and sometimes I feel like they already know they're going to do it. Let me know before it gets down to, uh, you know, DEFCON 5 where the media's got to tell me. So Hosmer is going to Boston. Yeah. So right now is there um, – so this is a clear and evident picture of the teams that are worth a fuck right now this season and teams that aren't. Like San Diego, are they going to be able to pay Juan Soto or is this just they're picking up the deal that the Nationals already had for them? And like is it because they're good right now? How should, yeah. we be, how should we be viewing these trades and the teams that are making them right now, Mayor? Well, I think, I think the biggest thing, Pat, is that the guys that, you know, that you're trading out there, Soto's got $27 million, I think, for next year he's not a free agent uh for for another two years so you're gonna you're obviously gonna have to pay the money but the teams that are getting these guys like, like a guy like soto the padres they're going for it they've locked up tatis they've locked up manny machado you know they got they had to get rid of hosmer because they did need to free up some uh some money there but you know these teams don't really care they're going to be over the luxury tax but they don't care they want to win they want to win now and the, the reason you have prospects at the end of the day is to trade them for for frontline players and uh, the teams that the teams that are in it right now, they don't really care about the money. <clears throat> Excuse me, Mayor. I really wanted the Yankees to go after Soto, but I think uh, as it kind of like progressed, everyone knew that wasn't really going to happen. When you look at what Judge is doing, he's probably he's going to break Roger Maris's record this year. He, I personally think he's the best pl- player in baseball. Maybe a little biased, and I think part of the reason they maybe didn't get Soto is because they need to give him anywhere from five hundred million to a billion dollars uh, in this <laughs> yeah. offseason. Have you ever seen someone have a season like that? I mean, not counting you know Barry Bonds and McGuire and those kind of guys in like the steroid era, but has anyone had a season like this in recent memory? And do you think there's any way the Yankees can let him walk in free agency? Well, that's, those are all great questions. It, it, it's incredible to see what Judge is doing. It's great to see because he kind of like he kind of bet on himself. He turned turned oh, yeah. down the deal, but then then he kind of bet on himself. So you know, I think the biggest thing with Judge is, man, I don't think we we haven't seen this since McGuire, Sosa, Bonds, you know, back in the late '90s, 2000s. Um, and so it, it, it's incredible. I did think I, I did think there was a chance if Judge did walk that they maybe traded for so for for Soto and then signed him long term but it looks like obviously that's not going to happen. I, I my rookie year was when Maguire and Soto were doing that chase. It was incredible and I think Maguire hit 60 against us. And I remember when I remember thinking to myself if if he hit 62 against us, I'm going to stop and hug him when he rounds first and then at least at least if I don't play another day in the big leagues, I'll be the guy to hug Maguire. You know? yeah. <laughs> Why do you think? Why do you think Aaron's having so much success? It's not the balls, obviously. It's not. The, what, is he just seeing the ball because he bet on himself better than ever, and he's the, he's the best hitter in baseball? Is that just evident? I feel that way. I feel like he put a little chip on his shoulder. Like you don't want to, you know, you don't want to really sign me to what I'm worth. I'm going to go out and show you what I'm worth. And t- turns out he's a pretty good player. I mean, he's he's sitting right now. Hit, there's no park that can hold him. He's 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 no a good hitter too. He's not just right. a home run guy. He's an average hitter. He Bad drives and runs. It's incredible. So like he's really I you got to love what Aaron Judge is doing, you know, being a being a former player. You guys know how tough professional sports are. When you turn down big money that's over 200 million and, and you say to yourself, "I'm betting on myself." And then you go ahead and do it. It's pretty impressive. Hell yeah. Congrats Aaron Judge yeah, on that. Hey, love hey, you, Judge. Just as a baseball um you know, amateur, you know, like not knowing much about it. Hitting much more important than field? Uh, no doubt about it because you got to score runs at the big league level. The, 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 the good teams, they got the great pitching. You have to have guys that are going to win your ball games because you could have a lot of guys that field the balls, but if you can't score runs, you ain't winning. So I think the biggest thing is, you know, you got to be able to score some runs. Sean, can you go through your, your 
your routine you had in the batter's box yes. a little bit with your gloves and the leg lifts and everything. I think it's amazing. I think I think a lot of the quarterbacks that lift their leg in the shotgun, I think they took it from you in the box. <laughs> you know, it was crazy, bro. I don't know what I was doing, but I, I don't know if I was that good of a player, but I was always like, you know, oh, he looks good. Double, Hell double yeah. stretch. Double yep. stretch, do the batting gloves, and I would get in double chicken wing. I don't know why I did that, but it was it worked. Double chicken wing, then double shoulder roll, and then I would do this this leg lift thing. Yep. And I don't know I don't know what was going on. It was more like a you know it just made me feel good. And I remember sometimes uh, you know when I get in and I didn't do it, I'd be like, okay, last time I got a knock, I did three leg lifts. You know, and then I'm like, what's up? And hey, AJ, here's a real quick story. Don Zimmer comes up to me one time back in the day, one of the greatest guys ever. He comes up to me, goes, Case, he goes. I've been in the big leagues for 50 plus years. He goes, I've seen a lot of stuff. He goes, I've seen dude, guys just, he goes, I ain't never seen this right here. I've never seen this. I'm like, well, Don, welcome to the big leagues, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you, Sean. Congrats on all your success in the big leagues with no matter what your fucking batter stance is. He used to be able to put the ball over the yard. Oh, yeah. Dog. Sean Casey used to be able to see the ball, put the ball wherever the hell he wanted to do it. Pittsburgh legend, baseball legend. 100th episode of the mayor's office is coming out. It is electric. Congrats on all the success, and we appreciate the hell out of you, man. You guys are the best. Thanks for having me on. I'll see you guys soon. Hey, Thank you me. look good. You look good. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I can't come off the top rope like you and flip back. Come on! He's the fucking best. Yeah. He's the Dog. fucking best. Yeah. Every time he's on, I'm like, how is that human in baseball? <laughs> Unbelievable. He's the complete opposite of baseball. Cosmic uh -huh. Clubhouse guy. Oh, need that guy need for the long season. Locker room yes. guy. AJ, I bobbled through the end there, but nonetheless, Feel the Beat got me in my feelings. Pump. I can't wait to do that tomorrow, AJ. I can't hey, wait to Feel the Beat. But we can do Feel the Beat during the season, too, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. This is a real segment, I think. Yeah, I think it'll be very, like, that, because we need to know, like, injury reports, like, on Wednesdays during the, maybe Thursdays, whatever day we do it. Like, it'll be, I think it'll be informative. You know what we can do? It's like, we could, if we're a real show, uh -huh. yeah. we would get it sponsored. Oh, yeah. Feel the Beat. If we're a real show. By what kind of sponsor do you think? Feel the beat by Bose. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Wow. What do you say? Writes itself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or feel the beat by Beats. By Beats. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Or Skull Candy. Skull sure. Candy. Ray, Why? Raycon. JBL. Drake. Raycon. Maybe just like Drake. Just Drake sponsors yeah. it. Wiz Khalifa. Feel the beat presented by Drake. Send him a DM. Presented by Wiz Khalifa. Huh. All right. Ray. Who? Be sweet, Doctor Dre. Just yeah, Doctor Dre. That's what a real show would do. A mm -hmm. real business would. Fifty Cent. But we're not going to do that. Kid Rock. We'll keep sponsor. that thing oh, as Kid it's Rock. authentic. Kid Rock could sponsor it. That <laughs> I'll never. In my head, I just saw Kid Rock <laughs> yeah. with both hands happy. I mean, what a. Let's go. Did you see how long his hair was, dude? His hair was so all long. the way down to here. Yeah. Clean dap, made out with uh, Chelsea. Uh, Tammy. 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 Tammy yeah. Chelsea. Is that Jake's sister? What a moment. Look at you guys. So sweet. That's, I think he was drinking some beers. The Louvre. Yeah, that's in a real, <laughs> that is in a real museum. <laughs> that's, where the, that's where the Mona Lisa is, right? Yeah. Right right there. There. Somebody's going to throw a cake at it. What? Uh -huh. You thought about it. Is that Jake's sister? <laughs> oh, no, don't start that again. What? 
Your guys in there throwing pies and everything with these mascots. You're defaming Dude. them. Now, I'm not talking about a mascot. I'm talking yeah, about somebody that was an uh, activist. Cake. Yeah. Steve Aoki global cake, warming. Dude, yeah. We're not talking about Steve Aoki either. No. This they is about are, the they also grew their hands to the fucking Mona Lisa the other uh-huh. day. Glued it to the... Yeah, they did, took, really? They who took did you ask? quick care of those people. Who did you ask? Hey, if somebody uh, glues their hands to this thing, you pop it. Who did AJ... Do Jordan you Schultz, of course. Jordan Yo, Schultz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Starbucks. Because it happened. It did happen. Of course, guy George succession. Yeah, of course. Oh <laughs> my God! Yeah, the brother. Yeah, yep. Carl or whatever his name. Connor. Is. Connor. There. Yeah. Carl. Connor. Great name. I mean, that guy. He, he really comes into form in the third season. Connor did it too. He's probably the worst character. Blackbird needs to just put them all out there. Yeah. Hey, Can, one more finale this week. Just let me fucking do it. All right, let's hit some things with it. Just let me watch it all the way through. I know. You you had to stay up all night for Terminal List. Those are long episodes. Uh huh. I don't know when I started it, but yeah, I've been like piecing together at times. Yeah. After SmackDown, I started one. Not the first episode, but I started like the next that I had. Couldn't stop. Stayed up till 3 a.m. Watched the whole thing. We tried to finish it yesterday. It's so good. I've also found that a lot of shows, if I see it's like dialogue or the scene is dark and you can't see much, I'm hitting that 10 second boom, 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 boom. I'm going past some stuff. Get a nice TV, cheapskate. What's that to do with it? So you just skipped. All of Terminalist. I didn't say all of it. I said every once in a while. There's a fair amount of dark dark scenes. Or they're setting the scene of like, oh, there's nothing really going on. Boom. I'm going for it. How do you know? Because I'm only 10 seconds on that one on Prime Video. It's only 10 seconds, so it's very easy to pinpoint where I'm going to You are the best. What a maniac. People attack me for my style of watching stuff because I'll fall asleep in the middle of it and I don't watch anything and I'll get up and leave and that whole thing. You... Piss on every script that you write, you watch. No, no, I have so much respect. You take out your dong and piss on a script. Every dialogue part has purpose, pal. You think they're just wasting lines in there, not not setting anything up? Does it? Does it? Does all the dialogue need to be there to know the story? Hey, Jack Carr, you're fucking terrible at writing. That's what AJ Hawk just said. Jack Carr's amazing. The whole book, everything is amazing about it, but he would understand. You better hope he doesn't see your ass downrange, pal. Yeah. So he might be on next week, by the way, uh, from what we've been told. Ooh. Can't wait for that. Uh, I would like to watch a highlight with you, AJ Hawk, because you do recall, if you do recall, I assume you do, you, because you were here with us. When COVID came into the world and said, what's up? Like, I'm fucking, I'm dad now. That's oh, what COVID yeah. said. Yeah. Everybody go okay. to your rooms, you know? March Madness, nah. You talking Fouch or are you talking COVID? I'm talking COVID. I'm talking okay. actual COVID. Fouch was the voice for COVID, yeah. though. Okay. COVID showed up and said, Everybody go to your fucking rooms. All right? I'm going to fucking do some real shit. March Madness postponed, inevitably canceled. The Utah Jazz game, if you do recall, minutes or hours after Rudy Gobert touched everybody's microphone, said, ah, I'm not scared of Boogeyman, da-da, wee-wee-wee, and then goes out there, and the uh, uh, PA announcer goes, hey, no way panic, but fucking everybody needs to exit the building as soon as possible. We're all going to die. And once again, nobody panic. Just fucking exit out of here. And there was women and children going, whoa! Yeah. And we were all watching this as, as we were getting messages on social media from people in Italy that were like, you Americans have no idea what is about to come through your country. You think it's all fun and games. You're talking about COVID being over here. Once this fucking 
son of a bitch shows up. Everything's getting shut down, whether you like it or not. We're like, nah, this is the land of the free, okay? Because of the brave. Ain't no nothing stopping this country. We're wrong. Sports were stopped. Everything was stopped. Live events were stopped. Shows were stopped. Our show was able to continue to go because we were a necessity, deemed that way. And we're in Indiana where we had enough space to continue to go. We, at one point, were one of the only live things happening in the world. Lucky to do so strictly because of where we lived and how our studio is set up and how you know grossly oversized it was sure. yeah, yeah for sure yeah and it didn't have to be just was 100 percent my fault but nonetheless everything stopped except for one sport mm-hmm. for two extra days it felt like we got a chance to experience an island continent play their native sport and we fell in love oh, yeah. with a competition that we didn't even know existed. Here in America, we would have called it rugby, sure. no doubt about it. Yep. Instead, we were introduced to Aussie Rules Football in the AFL, the Australian Football League. This is a sport that none of us knew existed, had no idea about, and found out quickly when everything else was stopped and it was still happening, this might be the most electrifying fucking sport in the world. It had punting, what? it had Speckies, which are catches, mossing people. It had riveting moments, and it had massive shots Mm -hmm. and tackles. It felt like it combined every good thing from every sport and put it into one. The only problem was these fucking games were running at 3 a.m. because Australia is on the other side of flat earth. It's also on the other side of actual round earth as well. Which one is it? I'm a big round earth guy, but I'll Either tell you way. what, not diving into that conversation because it. I've flown to Japan, one up over earth, I thought. But what if everything's a movie set? I mean, yeah. there's arguments to be made by everybody, but I do believe we start digging, we're going to end up on the other side of earth yep. as opposed to just digging through a hole like earth is paper. But I'm not getting into the argument with the people that believe that because honestly, I don't have enough time and my binders are on the greatest sport I didn't know existed until a couple years ago. Aussie rules football was a savior. Now, it inevitably got shut down. It came back early. Last night, my team, the Collingwood Magpies, playing Ascendant FC, which was, I believe, your first team or your third team. Never my team. Yeah, maybe Uh, third or fourth team. You were bouncing around that fucking league more than COVID was with who you were picking and choosing to be a fan of. Collingwood Magpies, the home of Mason Cox, also known as Coxzilla, Mm -hmm. the only American to have true success in the AFL, had a nail-biting, triumphant... Mm -hmm. Last second, final minute, final moment, walk off, win. Yeah. Wow. Let's put this thing on. So if you look at the score, we're in the fourth quarter. You can turn the sound on. Fourth quarter, 42 seconds left, 76, 74, down two. The Collingwood Magpies need to get down the field. And it goes back. From the Collingwood magpie named Jamie Elliott. Elliott. Dog. So the way you move the ball down the field is you run, you bounce, and you punt it ahead. And when somebody catches it, they get all the time they need to line up a kick or they can hand pass it and punt it to somebody else. Jamie Elliott is his name. Was tasked with ending this AFL game at home in front of 75,000 at a terrible angle. Horn goes off in his backswing. 
Boom! Get the Sharon! Sharon! Put it through the pipes! And that's a walk-off game winner from Jamie Elliott down under. He put this son of a bitch through those sons of bitches from an incredibly hard angle and in front of 75,000 people at the Melbourne... Cricket, cricket grind, MCG, the Collinwood Palace, as they call it. What a win! The AFL is all the way back, isn't it, AJ? I think we need to start watching. AJ, actually, that's what we're going to task you with. Yes, we need you to watch every single game and give us an update on the daily because that sport was too good for us to forget about immediately upon Mm -hmm. uh, sports that are on at our time coming back. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean, AJ? Yeah, I got it. I, I can absolutely. I'll be the the AFL guy. I will keep yes. you updated on on all things going on. That was not my team originally or ever, or my third or fourth or fifth team. But that kick from that angle, like that, seemed impossible. Actually, can you run the end of that kick back and turn up the sound? Actually, mm-hmm. listen to this fucking horn that the game's over in his backswing. This dude, he's got run back just the final kick. He's got fans two feet away from oh, him. Yeah. There's a woman over there that's just going, come on, you cunt. <laughs> and remember in Australia, they use that right. word differently. Yeah. Normal I am just, I am, I am just mm-hmm. quoting these people that are screaming in Jamie Elliott's ear from two feet away with the game on the line here from the side. And then go ahead and play it with sound. Lights. If he does it, then the soaring goes. Soaring goes. So- Wow, the siren's gone. Why isn't this bigger than soccer? Why isn't this sport bigger? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, because when was Australia created? How was Australia created? And how easy was it to get that game off of the island to everywhere else? Soccer was just kind of created, I think, amongst a bunch of sports that were all connected to every continent because they were all traveling. But AFL, Aussie Rose football is the sport that I wish I grew up playing. That's a fucking sport that I think I was supposed to play. And I wish it was more popular, but I think the biggest issue is the time that it's played. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is going to be impossible for us to keep up with it. We tried. Yeah. Did we know we were waking up like 5.30, 6 a.m. to watch the tail end of those fucking games? Yeah. Recording them. I was Mm -hmm. so proud of us. So proud of us. Mm -hmm. I still check Hugh McCluggage's stats every chance I get. Just, you know, make sure, see how Brisbane's doing, check in. Well, the issue is Hugh can't fucking carry. Bailey Smith. No, 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 no. Check, check the fucking league table right now. Hugh McCluggage is a dog. No, Mason Cox, Coxzilla is coming to full form. Yeah. The American is an absolute champion over there right so now. So he recently got his Australian citizenship. Congrats That's to right. him. He goes citizen. Way to go, Coxzilla. Way to go, Coxzilla. What are their taxes like? Oh, I think fair. pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty high. I don't think they're clean. fair. Never mind. I do not think... By the way, we can get into our any taxes fair conversation <laughs> if we want to, but we've already done too much tax talk. I think Australia has pretty high taxes. I think. Mm-hmm. I would assume. I think. But they probably got other shit, you know, because the taxes are high. Like well, universal health care or something? Universal health care, probably roads that are good. Yeah. Free roux on Wednesdays or something. Spaghetti bowl roux. There it is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what? Popular dish. What yeah. is that cricket arena called, though? Is it Melbourne? Am I giving it the wrong city? No. It, MCG, I thought it was. Melbourne. Why don't you guys watch more cricket? Cricket grounds. I'm going to be honest. Believe tough me, for me I, to get into cricket. I, I, I don't tried. Get Does anyone understand cricket? No. Yeah, I do. Okay. So the one guy mm-hmm. with the baseball. Okay. Sure. He is the pitcher. Look at him as Nolan Ryan. Yes. Okay. 
He gets to crow hop, though, and run as if he's a javelin thrower. Yeah. So he gets to, right? Mm-hmm. And while doing so, as if he's a high jumper as well, he has a rhythm, and then it is a fast-pitch softball in reverse motion. Yeah, over the top. Over yeah, yeah. But they are, I believe they're throwing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's Coming a throwing the, the hand down with this hand. Yeah. Crow hop, skip, timing, boom. They're trying to one hop and bust the wood. Yeah. yeah. Bust the wicket. Bust the wicket is what they're doing. And then the person that's wearing full body knight garb, like dressing like a knight hopping off a horse, mm-hmm. they're just trying to bat that some bitch from hitting the wood, right? Right. And I believe put it in play. I don't know exactly how and it works. And then you're playing pickle. They're running. No, they they don't run then though. They don't run to like first base, do they? No, they run back and, back forth, and forth between the wickets. What yeah. was that game yeah. called? Pickle. Run down. Run pickle. down. Run down. Run down. Pickle. Oh. It's pickle. Yeah, yeah, pickle. We call it pickle. Pickle. Yeah. Run down. Pickle is but, called run down. Right. Yeah. You used to play that game. Then they're doing that, right? And yep. the amount of, amount of times that they get by the time the ball getting okay. back, I think, is uh, points. Or but whatever. the games go for like months, don't yeah, they? They can. go for days. Well, yeah. if you got a good fucking pitcher, you got good yeah. Nolan Ryan. Yeah, you got a good hurler. You're you're in shape. Do you rotate? Are there innings to rotate and you there go to the field? And there are out? innings, yes. Yeah. They throw that bitch so hard. So, yeah. yeah. And then that person's just standing in there. Mm-hmm. All right, don't kill me there. Just waiting. I have respect for the cricket players. I've never gotten into it, obviously, because I'm not from a country that plays cricket. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough sport just but to get high into. Lie. You should get into high lie. <laughs> that Johnny Knoxville episode <laughs> where he just gets hit with six. Just throwing grapefruits at him. <laughs> that's how I was introduced to high lie. Yeah. And I, uh, man, that jackass run, that jackass era, nobody will understand unless you live through it. No. It was, do you remember that? Just our dumbass friends hopping in grocery carts, just buggies, just mm-hmm. running themselves into bushes. Yeah. They had Brad Pitt. Remember they had Brad Pitt on an episode, like dressed in a, a mask, running around doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Still doing it, by the way. That movie was good, man. Well, we know why. Mm-hmm. Poopies. 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 Poopies, poopies got fire. back in the water on Shark Week. I you think. did? Yeah. First time. With the whole crew. Do we still have Poopies I could, Quest Hotline? I could probably circle back and see what Poopies is up to. Let's do, let's check in on Poopies. See did if I, we can get him back. I know David Baker used the... Did he? Did Poopies use the Subway gift card that we sent? Yeah, him? right away. How else was he going to eat lunch that day? <laughs> yeah. Of course. Why wouldn't he? Oh, that was real deep thinking, by the way. Why wouldn't he use it? What, are you supposed to look at it? All right, bro. One last call on a 5 Energy. Mm-hmm. Phone line, go to 5 energycom Use promo code MACV to receive 10% off. This show is so bad. You hear me? Mm-hmm. We've been talking for four... Nah, sorry. 16 minutes now straight in this after-hours show. Yeah. I've seen worse. For sure. From us? I agree. I mean, yeah. you talking about those COVID times. <laughs> there was some stuff back then we talked about, too, oh. that... Dude, I talked to Dan Patrick. Obviously, we've chatted about this a lot. A lot came up in the conversation, though. He said, um, I asked him, how have you done 16 off-seasons? They've done the show for 16 years. How have you done 16 off-seasons? He said, well, there is no off-season. I'm like, bullshit, Dan. (laughs) Bullshit. He talks all sports, though, a lot, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I think he's well-versed. And also, he is obviously a great interview, a great conversation. So, you know, that he's incredibly talented at what he does, but... This past offseason, man, there was numerous. I mean, we're still kind of in it right now, and we're going to be for the next three weeks. Remember, I think well, this is kind of what we learned last yeah, year. Yeah, kind of like that's a false awesome. sense of yeah, excitement. Like, yeah, like, hey, we're back. We're, but we're the still draft. Re- There's always something, though. There, there is something, but most of it's all bullshit. It's better yeah. than the beginning of July. 
Yes, yeah, absolutely. End of June. Oh, it's only getting better. But every day, though, is we're like we're slowly building up. So it's only getting better. It's not getting worse. And there's a lot of news. We're not going to slingshot back. Are we a part of a problem though with what our off-season show was? No. What do you mean? I don't mean? think so. Because we had we we did. Like, I feel like we're potentially a part of a problem. Do you think back to all the bullshit that we talked about? Yeah, you mean what? Yesterday, when you have a, a GM and you're. You bring him in talking cream pies and mascots, and then, oh, hey, That's here different. we go. That's we are different. part of the problem. That's what you just said. I, what I just heard is we are part I of the problem. I didn't say I'm when still confused as what you guys were even talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah is that right? bet you are. I'll send you an instructional video. The problem with you is you you call, <laughs> then you get out, you call back. You double penetrate our show. Yeah. So <laughs> much. All the time. You just kind of That was pretty true. That was good. That was a good one, man. Well, you tried to force that one in earlier today. You. You did. Motherfucker. Seeing in your eyes, pal. All right, let's get the let's get to the phones. Ray in Virginia, what's going on? What part of Virginia in, Ray? What do you say? I'm in Whitfield, Virginia, pal. Uh, what do you say, Ray? Can't really hear you, but I'm happy to hear you're calling from a part of Virginia that we obviously love. Great people in that part of Virginia. Oh, yeah, yeah. What do you want to talk about, Ray? What do you say, Ray? Hey, hey what do you say what now, Ray? Say, Ray? Just me. Hey, baby. Uh, I was just Looking at some stats earlier for Aaron Rodgers because I'm a big Packers fan. Oh yeah, he's uh, 51 touchdowns away from 500, seven picks away from 100, and I really believe that he could really hit 500 touchdowns before he hits 100 interceptions what? for his career. Okay, so 51 tuds away from 500, seven interceptions away from 100. Obviously, he has like the top seven touchdown interception ratio seasons in the history of the NFL. He is incredibly cautious of the program mm -hmm. incredibly cautious of what you need to win incredibly cautious of the ball but he still puts up numbers against everybody else seven interceptions though that's like two years right yeah i mean yeah. that's two for years for him yeah he hasn't he hasn't thrown more than i think five and well he threw two against tampa last year right? he did and i think opening week ended, saints. ended the, yeah saints ended the season saints. with i think five four or five six. and four the last three seasons. yeah i mean that's and how many times has he thrown two in one game? Well, that's I think it was Tampa last year. Tampa, he did a couple years ago. Oh, that was two years ago. Yeah. That was COVID, uh, first year of COVID. Right. Yes. Last year was a little bit open. Year was against the Saints. Yeah, where he, I mean, his second one, too, was just like, all right, we're down by two touchdowns. Huck, Fuck. and he said he got punched in the balls, too, right? Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. That was on the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I do remember that. Yeah, because he'll have like a game where he'll have a couple in the whole world. By the way, this guy can't play football anymore. He stinks. This guy's lost it. And then, uh, you know, he won't throw another one for four months. Yeah, yeah it's like, holy shit. Last year was with all the, like, disputes that came out during the draft, too. So when he started off the season like that, everyone was like, he's such a problem off the field. This is what happens when your off season's nothing. And then obviously. Then he won the MVP. Yeah, yeah. again. Uh -huh. he's, he's an alien. Yeah. That guy's an alien. Yeah, of course. He really is. You think he's going to stay with the Nick Cage? Look, what's the next growth when the hair gets a little longer? Is he going to be that guy from Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, who's in the um, next to the uh, <laughs> next to the stage with all the <laughs> aquarium? Oh, I thought you were going to have a challenge for me, Ace. Yeah. You know right. what I'm talking about? You know yeah. what I'm talking about? What's that guy's mm -hmm. name? Is it the red or the white? I never remember this one. Is that who he's next? That he should. It's probably gonna be Dreads next. That or like Weird Al Yankovic, maybe. Yeah. yeah get a perm. He should perm it. Joe Dirt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What if he does go Joe Dirt? Yeah. What if he goes mullet? It's Good. not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. Yeah, that's oh, how you know. Mustache. He's got the mustache. That's back. how you know we're close. <laughs> True. 
Russell Wilson showed up in Team 3 gear mm -hmm. in his own jersey. Yep. Mm -hmm. Beast. This asshole dressed as Nicolas Cage from... Con Air. And then grew his mustache back and let everybody know it's back. It's time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this guy's the best. <laughs> He's a movie character. He's a movie character. How could he be as dominant <laughs> as he is in the as much bullshit conversation as he is and still just kind of bounce through life whatever everybody can go fuck themselves and we used to think it was bad and then it has only gotten you know that that conversation has expanded tenfold in the last two three years did you see him talking to baldy and Lindsay? talked about his um his tattoo on oh, it he looks very comfortable doesn't yeah. he looks very <laughs> calm Ball's flying out there he's teaching up Russell douglas about yep. things mm. feels like he is uh very he very seems don't he seem very like? Uh, yeah, he seems comfortable. Seems happy. Like, seems to be really enjoying himself. Pumped about yeah. everything. Yeah. It's about his godchildren. Is two of them. Yeah. Two of them. Is one of them your kid? Isn't one of them yours? No. Oh wow! Is that oh, are you yeah. sure? Or are you just saying? <laughs> you don't that? want him to have to add more art to his arm? Jesus. Yeah. I don't know. It feels like it might be long. How come nobody makes me a godfather or anything, by the way? Yeah, what the hell is that about? Oh, I know why. I know why. I haven't been baptized, I don't think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, what the hell, Ty? No, no, no. Dude, I am not. I, I was, was going to say, that, that was me to take a shot about? at my it's family a lot. Yeah, a lot of times family members. It's family because it's a massive responsibility if you actually were to like die or I, something. I believe there's actual <laughs> rules, too, on who is what? supposed to be allowed to be a godfather. All right, I'm out then. I assume you are, yes. Mm -hmm. I'm done. I'm not doing it. Have you been baptized? Yeah. So I think you're actually in. I, I don't think I have been. I'm not sure. Do you have to be baptized? Babe? By fire. I think you have I could. I could probably baptize you. Oh, with Lorda? We get it. No. <laughs> I mean, I was, I've done a few weddings. I'm an official pastor. No, Fishing. you're a, um, a minister of love. No. That's not what my title says. That's what mine says, right? What, what is mine? I have I one. I think it is minister, minister of love. Minister of love. Yeah. Minister of love? What right. site did you go to? Flavorflav.com. That's 15 bucks. What, you got the same one. What are you talking about? Probably. I don't remember ever saying minister of love. Well, that's because in your head you're like, yeah, I'm a preacher now. That's what you just said. I can baptize you. Yeah. You just said <laughs> to be. I've done weddings. You don't have to do anything like you to be a preacher. You just got to go preach and have people there to listen. Mm, to be a I've asked many a people. Child, not like you, you can't be a Catholic be priest, but you yeah, can go do that somewhere else. That's so, yeah. That's been mentioned to me. Hey, uh, I was thinking about you know making you a godfather because I feel like you're going to be successful for a long time and mm -hmm. you need to take care of the kid. I'm like, don't, please don't. That's a lot of responsibility. I'll just be a cool uncle forever. And also, God, like, I'm not, I don't know if I'm all in. So yeah, just the yeah. initial reports of it. And yeah, that was actually what I was going to say to you. you you got to be a man of faith to be the godfather. Also, love your kid, you know. It's a little shit. Then what? That's your problem? No. You know? Jeez. <laughs> it's not a burden. Die. You're lucky to I, be. I agree. But in some cases... I don't want your kid, you know? Jeez! That's why, that's then why. you would say no to being a godfather. Exactly. Yeah, but you're just a bad guy. No one's going to ask you that. No, so I'll help him out. No, nobody will ask you. Perfect. No, maybe. Connor's had a very successful life. You, you know how many sunglasses this guy owns? <laughs> no one's asking me because they know I'd say no. Last phone call here. Let's go to Steven in Louisville. What's going on, Steven? Yeah, doing great, boys. How are we doing today? Hey, not too shabby, man. Hope you and your godfather are doing great. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, brother, um, you know what? I... I'm having a little bit of a rough day. Um, oh. I, I'm calling to push back on uh, something you said earlier in relation to the uh, tamper and punishment the Dolphins received. All right. Um, you know, you, you had said that nobody really cares about that first round, that third round draft pick that we lost. And uh, as a lifelong Dolphins fan, it seems like my uh, 
life has consisted of like 10 nine and seven seasons consecutively and the only bright spot and consistent spot of excitement and hope has has been the draft for myself and i'll be honest if uh, if goodell had any integrity he'd uh he forced old steph ross ross to sell the fins man and um, to speak on integrity man i i don't mean to throw anyone under the bus but uh i made a bet with your old boy back there mitt and it seems like he's ducking it and as a member of the Hammer Don crew, oh, I'm starting no. to wonder, man, is uh, is Mid actually one of the boys? Oh, oh no. Shit. Obviously, we have no idea what that is, no. but Mitt, you're on somebody's shit. books, pal. You need to figure that one out. Follow up. You still got one draft pick in the first round? Yeah. You just got one of your two gone. No big deal. Hey, you could bundle those, maybe go top five. If two isn't great, I think it was a lot of people were thinking, but... You still have one first-round draft pick, and that should be exciting. But that punishment for Stephen Ross, 11.55, that's a weird time to come out, Very isn't it? Odd. That's a weird time to come out. Who makes that decision? Uh, Raj. It was, for Stephen Ross, I would imagine it was well worth it for the, the, the slight chance that he could change the, the landscape of the NFL with Tom, bringing Tom Brady, Sean Payton, if he was able to somehow pull that off. Yeah, so there is... We found an article, because remember we were thinking about Peyton potentially getting offered this from the Titans, and allegedly, because I was just remembering it, we didn't, we had not read about it in years, it just came up in conversation when Tom Brady potentially became owner and player at the same time, how would that affect the salary cap? Allegedly what was going to happen with the Titans and Peyton was a lifetime contract, and then they dove into it a little further, he'd have to have one deal as like an employee, or as like an owner, and then one deal as a player. So they would have separated those two. You could have separated those two, uh, I guess, is what oh. the article that got brought up. So he could have, I guess, owned the team in one oh. and then been a player in the other, and it would have it would have been separated from each other, I guess. Is Mary what Lemieux did it. That's the NHL. Yeah, but what keeps him, though? What would keep him from saying, okay, your player contract, you get paid league minimum, but your owner deal, you get – 50 a year like yeah. they would that's, go around it yeah exactly there's no way they're gonna let that happen though well there's not gonna be a lot of owners that are gonna open up ownership for players though yeah no but i mean yeah i know that's what i'm saying i don't think it'll, yeah tom yeah. was probably the last guy that could happen for what it could happen for like what if pat mahomes, mahomes. is up next and mahomes. he wants a part of it Ross. mahomes and chiefs right that's the hunt family for yep. sure they got cake i assume but also I mean, keep Mahomes around, mm -hmm. but it's every percentage or half a percentage or whatever the fuck percentage of an NFL team, that deal immediately becomes the most valuable deal in NFL history, you know? Yeah. Well, if you give, like, you're, if you're a minority owner, oh, what did you throw in some money? Oh, I threw 100 mil at him, and you're still nothing, like, compared to, like, your the percentage of ownership you have. But that 100 mil is going to be worth a bill pretty soon we can actually dive into the valuations of some of these sports programs and the dallas cowboys are the most valuable sports program in the world surpassing the yankees by like 700 million or something like that so the dallas cowboys are in first at 7.6 billion dollars the new york yankees are a seven billion dollar valued company the knicks are 6.1 uh golden state warriors six billion now look at other than dallas 
New York and Golden State, and then Los Angeles is next. Those are also the most expensive places to live. Mm -hmm. So you'd assume the valuation is already high, both on the real estate they have and on the business that they keep. So Dallas outwinning all of them is just a testament to that fucking marketing genius that is Jerry Jones and the way they operate down in Dallas, Texas. Not that Dallas isn't a big city, but you get it. Uh, The New England Patriots, $5 billion. Congrats to Kraft. The Giants, again, another L.A. team, then San Francisco, then another Boston team, uh, the Red Sox, then the Bears, then the uh, Los Angeles. Angeles Dodgers. So a lot of big city where things are already valued high because of the real estate. Um, but congrats to the Dallas Cowboys being the most valuable program in all of professional sports. And that number is only going to continue to climb. So if you do some quick math and you get a, a chunk of the Dallas Cowboys, you get a percentage of the Dallas Cowboys. $7.6 billion divided by 100 is what? $760 million? Mm-hmm. So that's immediately what 1% is worth. So you get a half a percent. That's what, $380 million yeah. that's just sitting there currently, let alone what that could become later. I mean, it is a never-ending supply of money. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to go up and up and up and up and up and up and up. How are these teams like the, the Giants and the Bears are on this list and they don't have any money in the related businesses category? I don't know. Zoom in. Let me see it. I mean, the Cowboys have 497 million related businesses, but they don't have the casinos. Giants have none. They don't have they don't have they own like besides the Bears, right? Or like- it's like the Patriot Place. Like, it's those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, like, there's a lot of money to be had for Chicago and New York if they can find a way Chicago's to capitalize. Well, so, like, the Giants media deal is probably nuts then, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what a revenue well. is yeah, 16. Right. But also that owning the stadium. Right. Yeah, like, they can't own anything around the stadium because they're too landlocked already, right? But who owns the stadium itself? MetLife owned by... Because, like, even the Niners and the Lakers. Because that property value there goes into the valuation. Right. The whole entire thing, right? For Chicago, it's the Park District. Owns it? That's why they want to go to Arlington, right? Yes. So that the ownership group that doesn't vote on anything or do anything can own everything. Yes. Got it. Good business. Anyways, what we're saying is if a player gets ownership, fucking awesome. Yeah. Just don't yes. know if it's ever going to happen again. Wish it could have taken place there with Tom, but New England, Tampa Bay, not happy about the tampering. Nope. And New Orleans ain't happy about it either. Two very out-of-nowhere retirements. Turns out there was a reason. There was conversation. And the NFL did find as such in their independent investment. That life is a joint venture between the Giants and the Jets. Okay, so split that down there. Then all the businesses that operate in that place mm-hmm. and the amount of people watching all the local games, so the advertising of it, oof. There's so much. That's why it's so impressive what Jerry Jones has been able to do in fucking Arlington, Texas. Yeah. Arlington. Yeah. All because of Jerry. Like you, it's all points back to Jerry from whenever he took the team. They're just, yeah, whatever reason, you say it. They tell you, hey, if you're, you don't know what to talk about, talk about the Cowboys. It always gets rated. We just did. We appreciate the Dallas Cowboys being the most valuable uh, franchise in professional sports. We appreciate everybody for watching. Uh, We can't thank you enough. Thanks to our guest today, huh? How about the mayor stop by? And the tie conversation with the mayor about baseball was awesome, wasn't it, AJ? Yeah. I mean, I learned stuff for sure. Me too. Me too. Yeah. No doubt. Here we go. San Diego's about to go. Uh Judge Ben on himself. Uh, Patty the Batty stopped by. Great mm-hmm. conversation. He looks comfortable enjoying his life. He deserves it. Uh, and then Mike Greenberg, the salary cap guru for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was here. Beast. We learned a little bit about the cash over cap game and the way they played it and kicking it down the road. And he said, yeah, you're going to have to do a reset at some point. But then later in the interview, he also said, you can also continue to move it and uh, do stuff like that. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hmm. Which one is it, Mike Greenberg? Which one is he does, it? Does he do much? Does he do many like interviews? No. I don't think so. No. 
That was a great convo, though, man. Yeah, learned a lot. He actually talked about it with how, like, the people around the league in his business never really get any love. Well, him, him being lead counsel as well is a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he, it is. He knows what they can uh-huh. spend. He knows how they're going to spend mm-hmm. it. And he's the one negotiating how it's being spent. And <laughs> Important yeah, and they, job. They know, like, right now is when we need to go. Because he said, what, six years ago. Uh, we also got a message, I guess, that Greenberg has asked for the clip of him being on nice. so he could show off to the other nerds. Boom. There you there go. It is. Exact yep. quote. Thank yes. you. Sweet. Thank you <laughs> yes. to the salary cap nerd and lead counsel of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike Greenberg, for joining us. Uh, we like diving into those weeds because those things are very important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talks to the table, great work. Tone, great work. Uh, boys behind the glass, thank you all so much. Foxy, it's great having you back here. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with Big Show tomorrow. Oh, big yeah, show. Yeah. Feel the beat. Feel the beat. A lot of going on. Feel the beat. We're bouncing around from city to city city seeing what's going on with boots on the ground what a day what a life you are the best use hashtag pms feel the beat yeah Yeah. put your cash tag in there and uh say something nice to somebody that's at training camp right now because right now there's coming a little bit of a wall for some guys Mm -hmm. the initial honeymoon phase of training camp is over there's no end in sight and there's just bodies that are sore injuries that are happening and groundhog's day has already begun we'll give 10 winners 500 dollars. use your cash app say something nice to somebody and take a screenshot right meow I need to get my big one back. My the necklace. Well, that was fake. So yeah, yeah, heard it. All right, we're back tomorrow. PMS hashtag PMS. Feel the beat. Your cash tag screenshot and say something nice to somebody at the training camp and tell them, hey, keep going. It's okay. worth it. Let's do it. Hell yeah. It's worth it, dude. Super Bowl. There's a lot of quitting potentially thinking going through some people's heads right now in training camp. AJ. Waking up feeling pretty. Yeah. Not feeling great, you're right. They're, uh, they need it. They need your little inspirational speech. That's right. Give them a good speech. Get them over the hump because, hey, training camp might feel like it just began. Mm-hmm. And that is certainly true. There's a lot of days left, boys. We need you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye.